You'll always feel like you're a member of the Brains Tribe when you do your online shopping at Amazon.com. Get the best deals on everything you need and help support. Rob has a podcast whenever you start your Amazon shopping with our link, robhaswebsite.com slash Amazon, or for our friends in Canada, robhaswebsite.com slash Amazon CA. Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob Has a Podcast. And now, here is the only survivor Nicole has ever picked who hasn't won the game, Rob Sesternino. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our season preview podcast for Survivor Season 32, Korong. And now... We are here to talk about it, and back with me for the first time since mid-October, here she is, the first lady of podcasting back on the studio, Nicole Sestrino. Nicole, how are you? Hello. I like to go by Nicole Tradamus from now on, Nicole Tradamus. <laughs> yes. Okay, that is the front runner for the hashtag. Nicole is back <laughs> with us for the first time since the birth of baby number two. Nicole, how are you? I'm good. I'm tired. Yes. Very tired. Did you give a hello, everybody? Hello, everybody. (laughs) And here we are. We are going to talk through the 18 new players competing in Survivor Co-Wrong Season 32. This is season preview number 12 for Nicole and I. The first one all the way back in Survivor Nicaragua. The first time Nicole ever picked the correct winner <laughs> for Survivor back when she predicted Fabio would win way back in Survivor. Nicaragua. And you all laugh. We all laughed. We all continue to laugh. But Nicole did it. And so just to answer a couple of questions up front. No, this is not the podcast with Corinne because we're going to get some no. emails from people like, oh, I thought Corinne was going to preview the season. No, this that's a different show. Corinne is coming in a couple of weeks, typically the week before the season starts. She already started drinking. Yeah, hold your horses that she's been riding for a long time. And so that's coming up later. This is when Nicole and I preview the season. Now, typically the last couple of years, I think actually the last five seasons, we've done this live, but in order to accommodate Nicole's very busy schedule. Well, it's really the baby's crazy crying schedule. No, there was no way that we could book Nicole for, you know, two or three hours live at any given time. So we just had to try to figure out a time to do this when Nicole was around that we could do it. So we're very happy here. I checked with the the patrons of the podcast. They said, hey, you guys don't mind if we don't live. They said, whatever. You do you. You do you. Yes. (laughs) Just give us us something to listen to. We're fine. Okay. So we are not live tonight. For the first time since the last time, Nicole, I want you to guess. What was the last time we did not do the preview podcast live? I don't know. Pick a number. Uh, pick a season? Yeah. 28. 28. No, that isn't correct. That is not, <laughs> that is, that is not right. No pumpkin, no. Oh, sorry about that, Nicole. Yeah. Uh, it was Caramoan. Caramoan, yeah. season 26 was the last time. Okay, it wasn't that off. No, not that off. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the last time we did not do the season preview live. But it was, Why didn't we do it live that year? We had never done it live before. We did. Oh. We did. That wasn't invented yet. Oh, okay. Okay. So this is the first time since then. And so we have a lot to get through tonight. Very excited to be back with you guys. Very excited to be back with Nicole for really the, the first time in many months. We never thought Nicole might make it back to the podcast. Nicole, I'm sure a lot of people have been wondering, how have you been doing since you gave birth to <laughs> baby number two? I've been good. It's been uh, 
different than the first time. Yeah. No, in all seriousness, though, they, it's been a rough couple of months for you. It's It's been very rough. Yes. Very, very rough. Anthony, uh, he has um, very bad acid reflux. Yes. And it he's been miserable. Yes. How miserable has he been? Let's just say he he was crying about 22 hours a day. <laughs> 22 hours a day. And so have you been able to sleep much? He's getting better. He's getting better now. But he was up every hour on the hour for how long? For a long time. For a long time. Yeah. Luckily, though, he has turned a corner the last week or so. Would you say is that fair to say? He has turned a corner. He's not 100% just yet, but he's turned a corner. He's... He's doing better. Okay, so he is looking in the right direction. He's heading in the right direction. He still has his moments, but he also has that spicy Italian temper. Yes, well, he's a Scorpio. Jeremy mm-hmm. Collins. We should have listened. Yeah, tried to warn you. He could have. It's true. It's really true. Yeah, where was that information back in February of 2015? Mm-hmm. That's that we didn't know. Yeah. Speaking of Jeremy. Yeah. Speaking of Jeremy. Uh, last season, you predicted Jeremy as the winner of Survivor Cambodia. Yes. Oh, and he- Yes. <laughs> you predicted that. And once again, you were correct. Two seasons in a row. Two seasons in a row, which since we've started doing these preview podcasts in 12 seasons, Nicole has predicted four winners correctly. That's pretty good. That's pretty amazing. I mean, the average Survivor cast is about 18 people. I'd feel like that sometimes it's 16 more often, it's 20, 18 a lot of times. So out of the 18 people, I mean, you should be picking at this point, uh, you know, law of averages. It would be perfectly fine and acceptable to have, say, only gotten one right. Like, like that you. would be yeah. perfectly <laughs> average and even above average because mm-hmm. average would be like if you had picked one winner every 18 seasons. I think you're pulling this info out of your butt. <laughs> Nicole, so you have predicted four winners correctly, and I think that the pressure is on for you. I'm feeling a lot of pressure. I've been getting tweets. I've been getting messages. It's it's kind of, it's a lot of pressure. From the fans or from the contestants? It could be from the contestants for all I know. I for all you know, right, <laughs> right. So, Nicole, the pressure will be on for you tonight to go ahead and pick your fifth winner correctly. Or maybe I'm going to throw it so people will not think I look at spoilers. Just to throw people off the Mm -hmm. scent. Right. So we'll see what happens tonight. Can you talk us through your process a little bit? (laughs) I would love to know just like going into this without giving away who your winner pick is. Do you, I mean, do you have a winner pick in your head? I have one in my, in my head. Yeah. Do you typically have one at the start of the conversation or do you just sort of like wing it like seat of your pants? The ones that I have gotten right were the ones that I picked before I spoke to you. Okay. So do you ever let this conversation influence your pick? Yes, and I've lost. You've lost. <laughs> so you were going to stick to your I guns. I have to stick to my guns. All right, so you will tell us as we get to the end of the show who your pick is going to be. How, how confident do you feel tonight about your winner pick? I never feel 100% confident. Well, I should hope you never feel 100% confident, but do you feel better? I have better? a good feeling. You I feel good. good. Feeling. That's why I picked them, because they give me a good feeling. Better or worse than Jeremy last season? Jeremy, I had a really good feeling about. Who did you have a better feeling about, Jeremy or Mike? I think Jeremy. Jeremy. Okay. Yeah. So we will see what's coming up. Is there something in particular that you look for? Is it more like what they say in the video or is it more what you read in the bio? It just comes to me. It just comes to you. It's like God speaks to me. Yes. Yes. Well, the women in your family do have a <laughs> history of clairvoyance. Is that fair? Is that fair to say? <laughs> is that true? Do they know. really? <laughs> I, they, they, they say they do. Yeah. Cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> okay, so uh, we will see what Nicole ends up doing. So we also have some other announcements. Let me get some things off the table here. I can tell you that we have been very excited for later on next month. We are going to do our first West Coast live show. Survivor Know It Alls is coming out to Los Angeles February 24th. That is going to be at the Hollywood Improv. We're going to be doing our show. That's a sold out show. And I am even going. Even Nicole is going. I haven't been out since, I don't even know. August. August. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to be there on February 24th. Very exciting. Stephen Fishback, myself, we're going to be watching Survivor and talking about it live uh, with the West Coast RHAP fans. And I can tell you that we have added an East Coast show to the season as well. That is going to be on April 13th, officially, we're going to be doing the Survivor Know-It-Alls back on the East Coast. The Stephen Fishback Welcome Home Tour rolls <laughs> on to New York City. We'll be at Caroline's on Broadway once again on April 13th. And I can officially tell you the tickets are available now at robaswebsite.com slash KIA live Five, the number five. So Rob has a website.com slash KIA live five Kia. And that will be a sold out show. Yes, that will be a sold out show. And there will be a waiting list. So if you can't get in on tickets that you can sign up for the waiting list. So LA sold out also. LA is sold out. LA sold out in two days. Uh, We'll see how fast the New York show sells out. But that will be a sellout show. Oh, wow. You're like a Rihanna concert. (laughs) (laughs) That's just what it's like. That's what people say. And then as we start to get ready for the season, I told you that Corinne is coming to the podcast in a couple of weeks. We're going to have to do our season preview with Angie Cons. I can also tell you who the first recap guest of the year is going to be. Oh, who is it? All right. That after the season premiere on February 17th, the day after we will be speaking with on our first recap podcast of the season, Jeff Varner. What just bit my ass? We'll be here to talk about all of it on the 18th of February. So very busy month coming up here on the podcast. Make sure you don't miss any of it. Subscribe to the podcast. Go to robiswebsite.com slash iTunes or search for Robis Podcast in your favorite podcatcher. All right, Nicole, are you pumped up for the return of Brains versus Beauty versus Brawn? I feel like we had so much fun during the original Brains versus Beauty versus Brawn. Yeah. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say no, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're back. You haven't missed a step. You're right back. <laughs> Mid-season form. So we're going to go do Brains versus Beauty versus Brawn. Has it been too soon for you to bring Brains versus Beauty versus Brawn back? I think maybe a little bit. Maybe a little a bit. A little bit. <laughs> I feel like we just did it. Okay. So this season was filmed actually before season 31, which we saw in Cambodia. This season filmed back in last March and they ended up flipping the order around. Did you know that? I did know that. Okay. So the other big thing about this season is that there's been a lot of buzz about a lot of medevacs. Now, as a medical professional, Nicole, does that make you more interested or less interested in this season? It makes me, I guess, maybe a little more interested. Not not as a medical professional, just as someone who's very nosy and wants to see what's going on. See what's going on. I do kind of feel like this is going to be a little bit like a who done it like final destination type thing where we know like a lot of these people are going to get hurt and it's mm-hmm. sort of like oh who of these people do you think is going to be hurt yeah do you think it's because the challenges are going to be crazy i don't know if it's the challenges i feel like it's more the conditions, the conditions out there yeah 
There was a lot of buzz about the conditions were very tough out there for these survivors. So we will see what's going to be going on. Do you have any predictions on medical evacuations? Does anybody look like they, oh, that's an injury <laughs> waiting to happen? Um, I hope no one stubs their toe. I hear that's a big injury. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does that happen to you often? <laughs> Every day. Every day you stub your toe? Yes. <laughs> All right. So, Nicole, here you are. You're back. Do you feel like you are ready to dive into it? Yes. Yes. How, what was your takeaway from Cambodia before we jump into Was Koran? that the last season? Yes, that was the last season. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I didn't know the location. <laughs> All right. Th- this is also in Cambodia. Yes. So here we are, Nicole. So what did you think <laughs> about the overall second chance season? Well, I was like very it? happy with the outcome. I, yes. couldn't, I couldn't have been happier. Second chances was a little bit of a blur for you, considering that you went deep into your pregnancy, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now you can look at this new season with clear eyes. I just wanted to pop out a kid. <laughs> yes. And so you were recovering from that, but now you are back 100% for Survivor 32. Yeah. All right. So, Nicole, we are going to be going through the three tribes here of brains versus beauty versus brawn. And for whatever reason, we decided that we were going to be talking about brawn first. Yes. Which. We've decided, what tribe would you be on, Nicole? Are you more of a beauty? Or are you more of a brawn? I feel like in the Venn diagram, I'd be right smack in the middle. Right smack in the <laughs> middle. You, you would fit in on either tribe, right? Yes. Right? On, all, on all of them. All three. <laughs> all, all three? <laughs> <laughs> you have so many options. Yes. You have so many options. Why didn't anybody call me? <laughs> yeah, this would be a perfect season to put you on. Okay. So we're going to go through this and we're going to talk about the, the brawn women first. And for whatever reason that we're going to be going alphabetically by last name. You ready? Ready. All right. So the first person we're going to be talking about here tonight is Sydney Gillen. Gillen. <laughs> Gillen. Sydney yeah, Gillen. No. Yes. Hello, Sydney. So she is the bodybuilder from Douglasville, Georgia. With multiple personalities. She has multiple personalities, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. She has a couple of different personas that she she can turn into. That's exciting. Yes. That's exciting. Okay. So let's meet Sydney. She is the bodybuilder that she does not like other women. Yes. Uh, She only likes assertive women. Now, like likes or just likes assertive women? She didn't say I like. <laughs> okay. She can't deal with tears. Uh, and she has these two alter egos. Rebecca is the nice alter ego. Storm is the, the a-hole. <laughs> not so nice alter ego. Nicole, do you have any alter egos? Yes. When I go out drinking, I become Stella. Right. You have some other alter <laughs> egos, right? I feel like we've never thought to name any of your alter egos. Oh, there's Stella. Yes. What's like the really mean one that doesn't talk to me or yells at me? What is that? <laughs> I don't know. Why don't you name her? That one name? See, I just know that one is Nicole. Uh, what's, <laughs> what is, what's like the nice one when you're on the podcast? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what that Wait. is. I feel like that one is needs a name. <laughs> you guys name it. Name her. <laughs> name her. Yeah, we need more of her. Be like the other day. We, you and I got into like a Dale and Missy fight, right? I feel like that, that was the Nicole alter ego. Wait, that what fight up. was this? When you cooked all of the rice. <laughs> <laughs> 
got into like a survivor. Oh my god, he had like post traumatic stress and he got really, really mad about the rice. Yeah, and like it was just me and Nicole and the baby. I've never seen him like that before. Nicole cooked like an entire box of rice because I was holding the baby and he started crying and I got nervous and I dropped the whole thing of rice in the in the pot. I was like, why did you cook all the rice today? And you're like, and you're like, it's not you're not paying attention and it's burning at the bottom. Yeah. Like, you'd be voted out for this. She's like, oh, I just made all of it. Okay. Sorry. That's a uh, an aside about Nicole, <laughs> Nicole or my alter egos. Yes. So, okay. So here's Sydney, Nicole. Some other things about Sydney. Of course, she is a bodybuilder. Yes. Her hobbies include sprinting, lifting, slash weight training, and sleeping. Isn't that part of her job? What, weight training? Yeah. Okay. I Running. Guess that's a, that's, she loves what she does as a hobby. Okay. Her pet peeves uh, include obnoxious criers bigots, overly weak people, and anything related to closed-minded mentality. Welcome to Survivor. <laughs> well, there's a lot of bigots and overly weak people on Survivor. <laughs> overly weak, and yeah, there's, there's some bigots. Yeah. They asked her, if you could have three things on the island, what would they be? She said, branch chain amino acids slash supplements. I need my vitamins, so I hopefully won't lose all my muscle. A picture of my family and friends for motivation and tweezers because my eyebrows can get crazy. Oh, I think the branch chain amino acid comment is a little bit poserish, right? That's a poser <laughs> thing? Well, I think if you like literally are a poser, like for flexing, <laughs> I think it helps. But I feel like that I mean, that's, she could have just said my supplements. That's a red flag for me, the fact that she's that concerned about the, you know, branch chain amino acid slash supplements, because you're gonna be missing a lot more than that when you're, you're gonna be going there. down fast. You're gonna be going down fast. Like if you're that concerned about the actual like amino acid acids you know while you're sitting around the fire eating rice do you really want to hear about somebody's amino acids and no and what you're the amino acids that no. you're missing and the incomplete proteins right i feel like you're thinking about the wrong things at that point <laughs> like this is going to be a 39 day marathon of no branch amino acids <laughs> the only the only branches you're going to be getting are the kinds that steven fishback was trying to break in half okay yeah, yeah. And so uh, that's that's a concern for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they asked her the survivor contestant you most like. She said Tony because his loyalty to those who really mattered was unwavering. Really, hmm. <laughs> really, <laughs> really. Trish uh, would have begged to differ about that. I mean, who was the person that Tony was loyal? To? I mean, unless you unless, unless you're saying like his family yes. was the person that he was unwavering to. This is huge. <laughs> I needed this. Or the Tyler Perry idol. I'm not sure necessarily who the person, like that is not how I would describe it. I mean, you want to play like Tony, that's great. That's not how I would describe Tony. And it's not bad to want to play like Tony. Yeah. All right. She likes masculine women. I'm not sure how this is going to go. She's not going to get along with a lot of people. Yeah. I don't don't think that this is a, a good place for her. Why do you think that you'll survive Survivor? She says, my sense of humor will be most useful. You can't walk around looking like someone killed your dog all day. I think I will keep up the team morale beyond that. I think my athletic abilities can help with this competition. She's so, not going to keep up team morale if she doesn't have her branch chain amino acids. <laughs> need those branch chain amino acids. Yeah. I feel like on the one hand, I feel like that she is somebody who is going to be an asset for this tribe. Right. But like, I really wonder how Sydney is going to do 
once the chips are down. Yes, yes. And how she's going to play with others. I feel like the people that come into Survivor and have success don't tell you about a lot of the people that they hate or can't get along with at the start of the game. Yeah. Especially when it's like a, not like a super specific group, but in terms of like uh, women who aren't assertive, I feel like that there's easily a number of those type of people on any given season of Survivor. Yeah. So I really do worry about the conflict aspect for Storm slash Sydney. But do assertive people get along with other assertive people on Survivor also? Not typically. Yeah. So if you know you don't get along with non-assertive people, <laughs> and you're probably not going to get along with assertive people. Right. I feel like a Survivor winner comes in and tells you, I can get along with everybody. I can get along with anybody. Right. Not necessarily here are the people that I don't get along with and it's going to be problems and I have this alter ego. Basically, if they're not like me, I don't like them. <laughs> right, right. Now, the, don't get me wrong. I think Sydney is going to be great television. Oh, definitely. Looking forward to watching the Sydney. Yeah, she's going to be great in the challenges too. She should be good in the challenges. <laughs> Although, if she doesn't get the branch <laughs> chain amino acids, it could all fall apart. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Once she loses the muscle. Is that my problem? Am I not getting enough branch chain amino acids? Maybe that's it. Do I need to start doing the branch chain amino acids? Probably. I almost said illegal acids because I'm thinking (laughs) in my head. It might be illegal. Yeah. Is it illegal? It might be. Is that illegal? Am I allowed? Is it like um, even growth hormone? I don't know. Can I get it? Where do I get branch chain? Do I just go to GNC? They have everything. And walk in and say hi. They have HGH also, I'm sure. I don't know if they have HGH. I'm sure they know where to get it. I'd have to ask Peyton Manning's wife if you can go in and get the uh, branch chain amino acids. Sydney also said that she doesn't want to share her food. She doesn't want to share her food. Yes. She said that she'll be the one out in the water eating the sea urchins. Mm -hmm. Right. So she'll be there with. And I don't think sea urchins contain branch chain amino acids. (laughs) I'm not sure what they contain. Monica might be upset. Monica Padilla might be upset if she's going to eat all the sea urchins out of the ocean. Mm. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm concerned about Sydney. What do you think she's going to do? Give me your, is she going far? Is she not making the merge? I, we, we like to typically do, is she merge or pre-merge undateable? I feel like this can go, this really can go either way because she's so strong that she's going to be an asset to the tribe. But if she can keep herself in check, she'll be able to make it to the merge. Yeah. But if she can't, she's gone. I think that she does make the merge. I will say that. I think that she's probably one of these people that is around a merge boot. But back in the original Brains versus Beauty versus Brawn, we saw that things really went according to the script where we ended up seeing the Brawn tribe never went to tribal council in the original, like in the first four votes. The Brains tribe was a disaster. And we'll have to see if we prognosticate that to be exactly the same. But on paper going in, you would have to imagine that they might similarly struggle if history is any indication. Whereas the Braun tribe, the thing that they're good at is Braun and that they're good in the challenges. The question is going to be when they throw a puzzle at the end of the challenge, how is the Braun tribe going to be at being able to get through the puzzles? And I feel like Sarah, Sarah was somebody (laughs) who was able to do a good job with a lot of the puzzles that they got. So I don't know how many tribal councils Braun is going to go to in the first part of the game. There'll probably be a tribe swap around day 10, day 12, and we'll see what happens there. But I just feel like based on the fact, I don't think that Braun will go to many tribal councils. I do think that Sydney will be around for a bit, but 
I'm not feeling great about her long-term prospects. Yeah, I mean, these guys definitely have the muscle. I don't know if they have the puzzle ability Yeah, from this tribe. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But the, but Sydney, she's uh, pre-med, so she must have some kind of smarts. Yeah. You know, maybe nutrition is kind of like a puzzle. So maybe that's <laughs> it, sort it, of... It is. Yes. It is. You have to fit in all of the parts. Got to get in your branch chain um. amino acids, <laughs> your protein, your carbs, everything. We'll see. We'll see what happens uh, with Sydney. Now, the thing to me that's interesting about Sydney is that she's going to, allegedly, get along with the other assertive women. So I think that's sort of interesting to monitor as we look at the other two women in her tribe. Will they mesh with Sydney? Will Sydney think that that's an ally or will they be somebody who will be conflicting and butting heads with Sydney. And so with that in mind, let's take a look at the second woman in the Braun tribe, which is Jennifer Lanzetti, who is the contractor from Utah. Yes. And she seems like a very assertive woman. Yes. (laughs) So with everything we just said about Sydney, it does seem to me, I think that Jennifer could be an ally for Sydney. I think that Jennifer is almost the exact type of person that Sydney was describing that she might get along. But is this also like, you know, two alpha males can't be together. Can two alpha females be together? I feel like they can. Yeah. I feel like they can. So here's Jennifer and she tells us that her hobbies include riding motorcycles, eating good food, playing board games and adventure racing. All of your favorite things, Nicole. <laughs> it seems like you should have married her. <laughs> yes, because I could be we could be out riding motorcycles and adventure <laughs> racing. That would be fantastic. And doing puzzles. How about this? Her pet peeves. This this blew me away. Her pet peeves were slow drivers, people who chew with their mouth open. When people end a sentence with a preposition, when girls say the word like, and a-holes. <laughs> Can you believe that on CBS.com, they printed... Did it say, did it say the whole yes. word? <laughs> yes. What is that? What is that? I mean, is it just like totally lax now? Or is this just like, is nobody reading reading this stuff? Can you believe, I mean, go on CBS.com. It literally, they're like, uh, a-holes. It's right there on CBS.com. I've never seen. Someone's uh, about to get fired. Swearing there on the website for CBS. They're just cutting and pasting. That's it. Is that it? And it's just that nobody read this. I mean, somebody should like uh, take a look at that. Yeah. And a-holes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if they keep that up. Let's see if they change it at any point. Like they realized like, oh, once like, they listen she, to this. <laughs> yeah, she wrote she doesn't like a-holes. Now, is she talking about the type of people or the part of the anatomy? Probably the anatomy. Is that what she's doing? <laughs> That's why it was permitted. <laughs> Nicole, do you often end a sentence with a preposition? I don't even know what a preposition is. <laughs> yeah, she's a real grammar girl, Jennifer Lenzetti. There's nothing worse than the grammar police. <laughs> oh, well, don't say that, Nicole. They'll come. They'll come out and get you. <laughs> That's one of my pet peeves. <laughs> three words to describe jennifer are blunt not fragile and badass chick okay (laughs) now interestingly about jennifer she had said in one of the videos that she had a friend who was on season 22 yeah who was the friend who encouraged her to be on survivor what season was season 22 season 22 was survivor redemption island Uh uh-huh so do you have a guess who her friend was? I have no idea. So a lot of these Survivor fans were curious as well. Uh-huh. And I believe that they were asking her on Twitter. 
and I had seen this posted on the Survivor Reddit. Uh-huh. The person, you remember season 22, Redemption Island? Mm, not really. Yeah, with Boston Rob. Remember? <laughs> Yes. No, you're, yes. you're nodding. It's coming back you're, to me. It's, it's you're coming. nodding, but I think you're faking it. It's coming back you're to me faking. now. Yes. So it was with Natalie Tenerelli. That was her right. friend. That was her friend. Right. <laughs> no, and so her friend was. Yeah, do you have a guess, Natalie Tenerelli? Yes. Her friend was Jonas, my boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> now, do you remember when Jonas was on Survivor? Yes, he said. It's poop. <laughs> yes, he did. He did. But he but he played in Survivor One World. <laughs> You're doing this to me again. I'm not doing it to you again. <laughs> that you and Jennifer Lanzetti, I think, are confused because Jonas played in season 24. Of I didn't Survivor. say that he was in Redemption Island. Yes, I said Natalie Tenerelli was. <laughs> yes. Okay. You. Yes. You did not. But I was not seeing the light bulb go off above your head. Okay, but this isn't the same as last time. <laughs> what was last time? When I had mistaken uh, Kelly and her dad coming. (laughs) (laughs) That was last time? That was my my last big mistake. Well, I wouldn't say that this was a big mistake. Okay. uh, A big mistake on you. I'm just sure that uh, the punchline of the story is that uh, Jonas was not on season 22. Yeah. So uh, that was a a big twist in that story for her. But yes, last season you did predict that Dale Wentworth (laughs) was on uh, Survivor Second Chance. And, you know, in his, as... He as was. His, yes. <laughs> he didn't compete, but he was. <laughs> yes, that Dale, and, and people were tweeting about that, that Dale was out there as Kelly's uh, family visit. Nicole Tradamus. Nicole Tradamus <laughs> strikes again. <laughs> All right. So Jonas pushed Jennifer to do it, and he probably said, uh, hey, Jennifer, you should totally go out and be on Survivor. Yeah, because they they seem like they'd be besties. Well, she says she likes good food. Okay, sushi? Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. So that's what uh, Jonas pushed her to go and do it. And then they told her, or they asked her survivor contestant you're most like. She said, Kim Spradlin. She had strategy, making as many friends as possible, having alliances and sub-alliances. She was just herself, which is exactly how I play everyday life. I earn respect like Kim by telling you how it is. I'm practical. And also love the excitement of making big moves. I don't think Kim just told you how it was. She Like, Kim wasn't blunt. Yeah. I don't think that Kim was super blunt. I get the sense, now that we're piecing this all together, that she was friends with Jonas. Uh-huh, that's the only the, season the she saw. The person she was most like is Kim. <laughs> yeah. I'm starting to put two and two together. I feel like not a fan. Survivor One World is the only season yeah, that she, Jennifer might have seen. She's not a fan of the show. Yes. Again, look, you don't have to know everything. You don't have to have, uh, you know, listened to the... 30 season evolution of strategy <laughs> to go out there. And sometimes maybe that's worse than, than, you know, not knowing a lot, mm-hmm. but I get the sense that she doesn't know a ton about the game. Yeah. I was a little worried in her video. She's doing the, that headstand. Yeah. I was, a, I was kind of nervous. She was going to have a wardrobe malfunction. Oh, <laughs> yes. No, everything was okay. It, it all stayed in place. Everything stayed in place. She's, uh, you know, she's a contractor. She knows how things work. <laughs> and then they asked her about uh, why do you think you'll win Survivor? She says it takes practice. Winning Survivor takes practice. Practice surviving. She's been through hell and back. She's not scared. And she never lets fear stop her. She will be the sole survivor because she's prepared physically, mentally, and socially. Winning doesn't take beauty, brains, or brawn. It takes heart. Like a that's a different tribe. <laughs> yeah. That's the heart tribe's a different tribe. Yeah, it's a different season. That's a different season. That's season 22. Yeah. 
She also talks about that the Marines have Semper Fi. She has Semper Gumby. Yeah. Were you listening when I was watching that? <laughs> uh, why? I think, I think you said something. Semper Gumby? Yeah. Yeah. You, I think you said something like, oh, that's a reach. <laughs> <laughs> I did think that was a reach. <laughs> of always be flexible. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like Semper Gumby is uh, is kind of a reach yeah. for, for Gumby reference. Yeah. But that's what she's saying. Semper Gumby. That's what she said. I don't know if that's a, a hashtag. Maybe. We'll see. So, Nicole, how are you feeling about Jennifer? Uh, I feel like Jennifer is going to come out guns blazing. She's yeah. always showing her guns. Showing her guns. Not getting a strong feeling from from Jennifer as to, you know, getting the million. No, I'm definitely not getting a winner vibe from her. But I am getting the sense that I feel like she's going to be okay. I feel like she's just like vanilla enough. Not like uh, Julia Landauer. But I feel like that she's sort of like non-offensive enough that I can't see a scenario where she's an early boot. Yeah, I think that she's going to make the merge. I think she's going to make the merge, but I don't think that she's going to. I don't think she has what it takes to be our winner. Yeah, agreed. But do you feel like that she's going to be able to get along with Sydney? I don't know. Is she going to be able to get along with Storm is the with question. Storm. <laughs> well, is she going to call out Storm? Because. I don't know. Now, she doesn't like a-holes. I think Storm is kind of an a-hole. And Storm I have, it says a-hole. <laughs> yes, yes. And then she was friends with Jonas, who was the name of a Storm. So mm. I don't know. <laughs> you, yeah. Really killed uh, queens and they couldn't plow. Okay. So, <laughs> it's a big stretch. <laughs> so Jennifer, take that, take that out. You want me to cut that out to that joke? <laughs> no, we're leaving it in. We're, le- we're leaving it in. I'm tired. <laughs> okay. So we will see what happens uh, with Jennifer. Okay. Let's talk about our third woman of the night. And her name is Alicia Holden. I ran out of room. Okay. In writing stuff. So my notes. Nicole is writing in the margin in her notebook. It's not as prestigious as Corinne's binder. It's, it's definitely not the binder. Nicole's notebook. How many pages of notes do you have? I have She's counting one. Two, three, four. Four. Yeah. Four pages of notes. I got to say, some of them I have nothing written. For these. <laughs> that is such a surprise. <laughs> that is so not you. <laughs> Alicia Holden. Here she is. She is from Dallas. Now, she is a real estate agent. And her dad was a big time guy in boxing. A boxing promoter. Boxing promoter. Yes. Which is usually col- uh, code for... A-hole. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. I didn't know you were so anti-boxing. I love boxing. That's yes. not the case at all. Okay, why? Did you run into boxing promoters that were a-holes? I think it's, they, you know, they're trying to get uh, the best deal for their their boxers and they're kind of like sneaky. And Is this a boxing story or a paloxing story? <laughs> boxing, idiot. <laughs> okay, idiot. How dare you? <laughs> so she has a list of adventures that she wanted to accomplish. She went out and did. She went bungee jumping. She uh-huh. went hang gliding. She skydived. She jumped off the stratosphere in Las Vegas. She was face to face with a shark. And she was interacting with uncaged tigers in Thailand. Was this all while bungee jumping? Like, it seems like she likes to jump. <laughs> seems like she has a death wish. <laughs> <laughs> She's an adrenaline junkie. She's an adrenaline junkie. Yeah. Which I feel like that's also typically an a-hole. Yeah. 
<laughs> Adrenaline junkie. Yes, and she's a hundred percent fearless. Hundred percent fearless. I have a lot of a lot of my pet peeves were in this. Um, what are this your interview. What are your pet peeves, Nicole? At the end of the day, yes. I hate when people say at the end of the day. Uh, well, we'll get to the beauty <laughs> tribe later. Yeah, yeah. No, but she said at the end of the day at least three or four times in this two minute video. Yeah, why does that bother you so much? It just reminds me of preposition. <laughs> it just reminds me of the situation. If you're anything like the situation, like there's something wrong with you that bums you out mm-hmm. are you an adrenaline junkie nicole no what are you <laughs> i don't know why what would you describe <laughs> me as you're a sleep junkie i'm a sleep jaw those were the days <laughs> <laughs> those were the days so you're not looking for adrenaline her pet peeves are people who lie and can't be straight up i tell it how it is and expect the same also negativity I'm all about the positive vibes and the energy. Oh, then she hates this podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's the opposite yeah. of what this podcast is. I know it. Now, in all seriousness, Nicole, don't you feel like a lot of times uh, that these survivors come in and say, I tell it like it is. That's not a good thing. <laughs> it's not a good thing for Survivor. Also, I don't it, think it's a good thing for life. It's, no, it's really not. It's really not. Because I think that most of I think life, that, You know what? The only person that could get away with that, I think, is Corinne. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't work out so great on Survivor for Corinne telling it like it is. Yeah, I feel like it's very hard to get through life telling everybody like it is. No, because then no one likes you. Yeah, because I mean, you go to a dinner party and it's like, oh, how's the brisket? Like, I got to be honest, it's a little tough. You know what? This is not good. It tasted like crap. I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> I did not like it. Yeah. Like, oh, well, then you could see yourself out of this dinner party. It's very hard to always tell it like it is. Yeah. I feel like it's either they really do tell it like it is or they're just saying that they do and maybe that's how they think they are, but they're not. Right. And you come from a long line of people who tell it like it is. And they're (laughs) a-holes. Especially on social media. Oh, my God. Don't get me started. (laughs) I had to block my mother. (laughs) Three words to describe you. Uh, She says fearless, ambitious, and adrenaline junkie yeah boy that adrenaline junkie i mean here's at the, the end of the day it's all about the adrenaline all about the adrenaline junkies i mean here's the thing you know you know how like we have like uh we make like really strong coffee and, and and it takes like a lot of coffee for for us to you know really you know wake up now so we got the ninja yeah these these adrenaline junkies i feel like for me like, uh, you, you know, build up a tolerance, no, you, you build up a tolerance to the adrenaline. Like, uh, for me, if I just like, uh, sort of like, uh, you know, walk down a, you know, a, a, a dark alley. No, no. I was going to say like, uh, walk down like a, uh, like a slight incline very fast. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, uh, what a rush. You know, I don't have to go and bungee jumping to get my adrenaline going. Yeah. You know, I feel like the more, the more still I stay, I feel like the easier it is to get the adrenaline. What do, you, not, what do you get the adrenaline from? I just, I just told you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, and podcasting. Yeah. That really, like, oh, we got a good guest. Got the adrenaline. <laughs> Jeff Varner is coming on the podcast. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, it's if I walk through a room and I don't hear a baby cry, I'm like, yes! That's, that's where you get your adrenaline. <laughs> Score! Right. They asked her about, what's the Survivor contestant you're most like? She says, I'm most like Cass. She was the last woman standing, but she also brought chaos. Yeah. And I love Cass. You're right. Yes. But I feel like if you are going to come into this game as wanting to play like Cass, I don't know. 
Yeah. I look, and Cass is great. We love Cass. We love Cass. <laughs> but I would not advise. We wouldn't recommend that as a strategic gameplay. Right. If I was coaching somebody to go into Survivor, I'd say, you know who you should play like? Chaos Cass. She had it all figured out. Well, you should you say that in casting. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, is that what happened here? I don't know. Yeah. No, I feel like it, it fits. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, they asked her about what would you bring to the island? Uh, she wants a camera because capturing moments are priceless. Uh, there's none there. She wants a cell phone to call her family and pizza because she loves pizza. Yeah. Okay. Well, now that you have to like about her. Well, who doesn't love pizza? Okay. She also tells us in her video that she won't get along with people that are uptight and bossy. And know-it-alls. <laughs> Is that what she said? She didn't quite say know-it-alls, yeah, but she, she, meant no, she meant know-it-alls. Yeah. Why? Well, I'm not uptight. Well, okay. Yes, All you right, are. Yeah. Fine. But am I bossy? When it comes to certain things, yes. Okay. Not on the island, though. I've never been on the island with you. <laughs> unless you're talking about Long Island. Yes. <laughs> So I'm seeing a potential conflict here because I feel like Alicia, who says she won't get along with people that are uptight and bossy. She's extremely opinionated. She's going to struggle to hold her tongue. We have and Sydney, she's very young. Yes. We have Sydney, who actually is is younger than she is. She doesn't like girls. She likes masculine women. Uh, she likes assertive women. Storm could I'm come out. I'm feeling a storm a coming. She can't deal with <laughs> tears. I'm feeling like I see major conflict between Sydney and Alicia. I feel like they both cannot last. They cannot coexist in this Braun tribe. I, I don't think this is a good mix of girls. I don't think so. Yeah. And I feel like Jennifer is probably the person in the middle. And I think that she ends up siding more with Sydney. Sydney. And I feel like Alicia has a good shot to be first person out of the Braun tribe. Yeah, definitely not making the merge. You don't think so? No. Undateable for Undateable. Malibu Barbie. At least she's pretty. <laughs> yes, yes. She will still be dateable no matter what. Why? Why you, do you say that? Because we've established that she's... What, you want to date her? Relax, relax. <laughs> easy, tiger. Easy storm. The storm's here. Yeah, settle down. She will be, look, we've established, we've long established the rules. She doesn't like know-it-alls anyway. Again, she did not say, you she said that. It. She meant you it. You said she that. She meant it. Not her. She meant it. All right. But I'm not feeling great about Alicia. Yeah. Sorry, I think Alicia. This is not her tribe. You seem like a nice person, but. Yes. Sorry. Yes. But the good news, the good news about the pre-jury trip is you get to go a lot of places and with lots of adrenaline. Yeah, there's a lot of adrenaline. <laughs> if you're really an adrenaline junkie, the pre-jury trip is the place for you. So you know what? It's a win-win. It's a win-win. Yeah. So things are looking up yeah. for Alicia. I got to tell, tell it like it is. <laughs> I got to tell it like it is. And again, just because I say something, like I, I'm usually wrong more often than not yeah. on these things. So don't get, don't get too bummed out if you're an Alicia fan or Alicia. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's talk about the men here in the Braun tribe. I feel like I need pictures of the men. I can hopefully remind you who they are. Yes. Uh, let's talk about Darnell. They're calling him King Darnell on Twitter. King Darnell. King Darnell. He is a postal worker. Darnell. I think I got a tweet or saw. Uh, is it a, I don't know, a Darnell fan or something? And now it's all like coming to me. The Darnell fans are happening? I guess so. I think I got a tweet from one of them. Darnell Nation is happening? <laughs> Yeah, he's Darnell Hamilton. He's from Chicago. Uh, his personal claim to fame is graduating from college. 
That's always good. His inspiration in life is growing up. He never had a hero. Just examples of what not to do. If he had to pick a hero, it would be Jesus. Someone who is willing to sacrifice himself for the good of the others when they didn't deserve it. That's real. Don't, well, don't sacrifice yourself on Survivor. Speaking of Jesus, did you see a picture that Parvati posted on Instagram? Parvati posted a picture of Jesus on no, Instagram? No, of, of her floating on water. Yes. <laughs> wow. And then miracles happen or some, something like something like that. It's amazing. She's Jesus. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Let's stay on target. Stay saying. on target, Nicole Stradamus. <laughs> Four time picker of winners. This is how my brain works. <laughs> I respect the process. I do. But hang in there with us. <laughs> the hobbies for Darnell are gaining knowledge, fishing and working out. Okay. His pet peeves are people who talk too much and habitual liars. Well, no one likes a liar. <laughs> Nobody likes a liar. Mm-hmm. Unless they're like an entertaining liar. But then you know they're lying. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess you always know they're lying. I thought this was a pretty interesting thing from Darnell. They asked him, if you could have three things on the island, what would they be and why? He says that he would have sunglasses so he could hide from the ugly contestants. Let's talk that through. <laughs> okay. So... Darnell is concerned about the ugly contestants seeing him so he would wear the sunglasses or is he getting like the blue blockers where it's like that they really will obscure the vision and he wants to put them on the ugly contestants so that they can't see him as good. Talk me through this. Maybe it's so they can't see that he's not looking at them because they're too ugly. So... That doesn't make sense. Like if you you would wear sunglasses, like if you went to the pool in Vegas and you wanted to like check people out, you would wear sunglasses so people couldn't see you checking them out. You're saying that he's so concerned with other people's feelings that there are ugly people and he wants them to think he's checking them out. So he's going to put on his sunglasses and look in their general vicinity, but avert his eyeballs so he doesn't have to look at the ugly people. I think that he doesn't want the ugly people to know he's not looking at them because it's bad strategy. It's bad strategy. (laughs) So do you want to pretend you're gawking at the ugly people? Yes. That's the strategy. (laughs) That's the strategy because the ugly people, the ugly people are going to be like, wow, I'm getting attention from this guy. They would be flattered. Yes. They would be very flattered. It would be a feeling they don't feel that often, but they're so ugly that he can't, can't just actually pretend to look at them. <laughs> he doesn't like ugly. <laughs> he doesn't like ugly. We have to ask Darnell how that works. Yeah. Uh, he also wants an iPod so he can tune out the haters. Who has an iPod these days? <laughs> <laughs> and a pack of cigarettes. Well, smoking's bad for you. Okay. So Darnell is, is really going with the uh, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil philosophy here he's like i got i need sunglasses so i can't see the ugly people <laughs> i need headphones so i can't hear the haters so basically he wants to play his own game in his own little bubble <laughs> and give me cigarettes so i can't talk that much to the haters or the <laughs> ugly people you know from his video like his video he seems you know fairly normal yeah and then you read that and you're like eh, not so normal <laughs> maybe he's just trying to be funny, but uh, I'm not sure I exactly follow what Darnell is talking about there. Uh, He talks about, about how he had to learn to be manipulative, that he needed to sneak out out of his parents' house. Oh yeah. My mom goes to bed at this time. And he's going to (laughs) sneak out. He's going to sneak out. And Nicole, isn't that what you did? Yes. Yes. (laughs) So you feel like you and Darnell have a lot in common. Um, I guess so. I didn't really think about that, but yeah, I used to basically do the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) He says he grew up as a screw up. Same here. 
Yeah. <laughs> and look at you now. You've picked four winners. Uh-huh. Yeah. Claim to fame. Claim to fame. <laughs> and I didn't need to wear sunglasses. And you don't need to wear, well, hopefully because you're not looking at any ugly people. No. Yeah. Uh, why do you think you will be the sole survivor? He's been all around the country, loves the outdoors, and he loves to fish. He knows CPR because he's a lifeguard. And his social game will be up to par. And he's an extremely hard worker. Uh, is CPR something that comes in handy on Survivor? Well, maybe this season. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we can't lose Darnell. But I feel like a claim to fame isn't like knowing CPR. Like a claim to fame would be like, oh, I, you well, know, this, is this one time. This is why he'll win Survivor. Oh, this is why he'll win. Yeah. Well, I mean, is that going to be in his in his speech at the end? Like, I did CPR on the... <laughs> well, in fairness, if he did do CPR to somebody and saved a life... He deserves to I win. I think that that would, like, that would really trump Jeremy's, like, I have another kid on the way. Yeah. Like, it's like, well, I saved Kyle. <laughs> Kyle would be dead if it wasn't for me. So is he going to... You owe me. You owe me, <laughs> Kyle. So is he going to sabotage Kyle and make him go down so he can perform CPR? Yeah, that would be good if he could intentionally yeah. like get him to like, uh, well, I, get I him on say, the brink of death. Yeah, I was going to say choke, but that's the Heimlich maneuver. Yes. I think the Heimlich maneuver might actually be more useful than CPR. I've done the Heimlich maneuver on someone before. Yes, not me. <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, a season of medevacs, that would be something if Darnell could save somebody with CPR. Mm -hmm. That'd be huge. He also talks about how the Survivor contestant you're most like, he says that Survivor is all about evaluating your circumstances. I can say I want to play the game like Boston Rob, Sean Rector, or Tony and be in control the whole time. One thing I want to do is be likable, be the JT, then cut their throats one by one when they don't see me. I just have to keep the others fighting and I will be fine. Like the answer. First off, that is a good answer. Deep cut, talking about a lot of uh, Survivors, talking about JT, he went from all the way back in the day Sean to now. Rector. So yeah. I think that Darnell knows what he's talking about. Yes. I mean, Marquesas is not a commonly seen season. Mm -hmm. So I feel good about Darnell. Yeah. I feel good about him. I think he seems like he's fun. And I really feel like that's half the battle on Survivor. Well, that's if his bio was all joke. I mean, if that was all real, then we'd have some concerns. Well, what is the most troubling part for you in the bio? The the sunglasses for the ugly people? <laughs> that, yes. That's really a deal breaker for you, Nicole Stradamus. I'm just saying, well, I, because of that, I'm not going to pick him. <laughs> that's, that's it? You're out on I'm him? I'm out, yes. Because, not my winner pick. Because he said that he would need to bring the sunglasses because there's ugly people on the island? Can't take it seriously. Can't take it seriously. Wow. All right. So, you wanted to know the process. Here uh, it is. It's scary. Careful what you wish Sometimes for. Sometimes you don't need to know how the sausage gets made. You can say, oh, that sausage is delicious. I wonder how this was made. Don't ask. Don't ask. You'll be sad. <laughs> All right. So I actually, I do like Darnell. I think he's going to be fun. And I feel like that uh, he could be around for a while. Yeah. I don't see him as a pre-merge boot. I think he's making the merge. Okay. What do you think? I don't think he's making the merge. Do not think he's making no. the merge. Mm -mm. Okay. All right, so somebody should record all this stuff. Yeah. Somebody needs to write all of this stuff down. Nicole says, no merge for Darnell. For King Darnell, no merge. No merge. No merge, okay. Sorry. All right, what about the other women on his tribe? Uh, how do you think he's going to get along with Sydney and Rebecca and Storm? Um, Those are the three women in Sydney. I think that he may get along with maybe Alicia. She seems that maybe she's... um. Fun like him? Because she's fun. Yeah. Uh, I see. I think that Darnell is going to be able to handle Storm. Because yeah. Because 
He is a postal worker. And you know, but he what they says say? he goes postal. Yes. But you know what they say of uh, whether it's rain nor sleet nor snow, nothing can stop the postal worker. They can handle all the storms. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> uh, so I feel like he's going to be able to get along with all of these women. Yeah. I think I think he's going to an easy guy to get along with. Okay. In this group. And I think compared to the other two guys in this group, I think that maybe he might be the easiest of the three guys to get along with. Yeah. So I think that Darnell, he's going to be in the hub here. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm looking at the rest of the guys in the tribe. Yeah. And yeah, he's probably one of the guys that the girls will stick to. I think so. Yeah. Just like the rice on the bottom of the pan you made the other night. Right? I've never seen you get like PTSD like that before. <laughs> My survivor PTSD came out. It really right? did. Right? It's like, what did you do? Like, he got really mad. You made the whole box. Yeah. Why did you do this? No, that wasn't even the bad part. It was the, the way that it was sticking to the pan. Yeah, it's like, it's all stuck to the pan. And it really wasn't. Yeah, Boston Rob was like, hey, Nicole, you finally did a good job. <laughs> it wasn't even um, crispy rice. You finally made it the way I wanted. You, you just got cray. <laughs> you got cray. All right, let's talk about Kyle Jason. Who, I need a picture of him because I think I'm confused of with who he is. He is the bounty was hunter. Was he the guy with all the, the tattoos? He's a lot of tattoos. Okay. He's got like the big earrings or the big or ear hole things. So I, I feel like he should have been. That? What do you call that? The things you put in your earlobe hole makers. Dumb. That's. <laughs> I'm sure it has a name. I don't know what that name is. Yeah, that, that looks like it has to hurt. That's a good look. I like that. You should do it. I should do that. You should totally do it. I feel like then I would have a lot of street cred. Totally. That, that'll do it. I think that'll do it. Because I am an, an adrenaline junkie. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So I feel like he should be on Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Kyle Jason. We called him Kylo Jason in the preview <laughs> because... Uh, he's the bounty hunter, but the interesting thing about him, he says that the only person who ever played this game correctly is Russell Hance. And Russell Hance said, that's right. I am the only one. My brilliant brain is finally being noticed. Oh, yes. Because you won how many times? Yes. <laughs> so uh, Kyle, he looks up to Russell Hance as his hero. And so he wants to play like Russell. You know, I had a good feeling about him up until that. His hobbies include kicking indoors, getting tattoos, and riding the motorcycle. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, Three words to describe him are loud, blunt, and hilarious. We got a lot of blunt people on this tribe. Yeah. Well, it's a blunt tribe. They are blunt. Mm. Uh, The three things that he would take to the island are hair ties, energy drinks, and a mini DVD player. Uh, No branch chain amino acids. No branch (laughs) chain amino acids. Uh, I'm surprised he wants the DVD player. Yeah. Like a laptop would be a better way to go. He doesn't strike me as a laptop no, kind of I guess guy. Not. I guess not. Uh, Nicole, this might surprise you, but I'm kind of in on Kyle. Yeah. Because let's just go back to the Russell Hans thing. Let's yeah. go back to the Russell Hans. And, and let's just take <clears> it all <throat> the way back to Russell Hans 1.0 in Samoa. And what was working for him, especially in the first part of the game, was that I think that there is a thing on Survivor where the blue-collar people, especially like somebody who hails from... Uh, now, he's he lives in Detroit, but I think that he has sort of like this uh, blue-collar oh, look totally. about him. Yeah. That I think that you see somebody like that and you feel like that person is trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't you feel like that's the case? Yeah, and I feel like 
guys that are tatted up like that, like they seem like they're kind of like an all around good guy, even though they're yeah. like, yeah, like they badass. seem like they're really tough and they're badass. But I feel like on Survivor, you look at that guy and you feel like, okay, he's probably not a liar. Yeah. I like I could trust this guy. I feel like I could trust that yeah, guy. He's and, loyal. And I do think that he could tap into that. And then eventually Russell got exposed and was like, well, I'm not dealing with Russell. Well, Russell was just, just got cuckoo. He got, but the first time around, I think that he came into the game and he's like, my dog died in Katrina. And he's like, and people are like, oh man, Russell, what a, what but then a, he blew it. What a nice guy. Right. But then by the second time, then people saw him and, and then he sort of like got lucky again on Heroes vs. Villains where he was able to come in again and be like, I feel like I can trust all you. And so I think that Kyle can tap into that. I think it's been enough time since Russell Hans. I don't think Russell Hans is really top of mind. As long as Kyle doesn't come in and start talking about like, Russell Hans is the greatest player of all time. Yeah. Well, I think there's going to be a lot of other people running their mouths, so it might be a, a good thing for, for Kyle. But also, you know, his background. He's a bounty hunter, a PI, and he's in the military. So he's got discipline. He could read people. He's, you know, he's got a good background to play. His reason for being on Survivor, you know, he talks about uh, the money. He talks about that his youngest daughter is autistic and could use the therapy. But he also talks about how that he's been watching this show since season one when Rudy should have won and took his hand off the log and he can play this game and he can win the title. So he does have this background of of knowing the game and it seems like he has a skill set and He's coming in with a plan. The only thing that's troubling is that he thinks the only person that ever played the game correctly was Russell. And I think that time has borne out that Russell Hance most certainly did not (laughs) play the game correctly based on the fact that he got to the end twice and blew it and got two votes over two seasons because at the at the end of the day. Uh, the jury doesn't like to feel like you made them look really dumb. And I think at the beginning of the day, also the jury doesn't like <laughs> the jury <laughs> tends to not like that. Yes. So uh, like, I, like I would like it more if he was saying like, uh, you know, Russell had some good ideas, but I think I can build on that and fix, fix some of the things that Russell did wrong as opposed to the only person that ever played this game correctly was Russell Hans. Yeah. Well, maybe that's what he meant and he just didn't have enough time to get it out. Is that what he meant? <laughs> Maybe it was just like hyperbole where yes. he's just like, oh, this will be good. Yeah, this will be good. So I, I'm kind of in on Kyle and I feel like that he is going to be able to come in. And I think that people are going to sort of sleep on him. And I think that he's somebody who could be like he talks about a, that Russell didn't make things disappear quick enough, which Russell was like burning socks on the first night. So I just hope he doesn't overplay the Russell thing. Like, I feel like if he wants to do like a little bit of like the Russell thing where say like, hey, people are going to think that they can trust me and they can't. I'm going to be like really manipulative and taking advantage of people's trust. Hey, I'm all in on that. But to overplay the Russell thing where he's like setting the camp on fire on the first night and, you know, uh, stealing uh, Sydney's uh, branch chain amino acids <laughs> and then turning her into storm and then having all the, you know, they could end up going to tribal council a bunch of times. As though we talked about like the Braun tribe didn't go to a lot of tribal councils last time around. Like if, if Kylo Jason is going to show up and start sabotaging everybody, like they could end up going to a couple of tribal councils. I, I don't think he's going to do that. Well, he's talking about yeah. Russell hands and you, you're saying this is maybe he's all talk. I don't think he's going to do that. 
You're saying that his stories might be a bit apocryphal. And I think that not... sometimes people, when they're like, oh, I, I'm just like Parvati. He's being hyperbolic. I, I think that he's doing that with uh, Russell Hands. Okay, so he's talking about how great Russell is, but he's not actually going to do the Russell. No. Thing. All right, so we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see uh, what exactly is going to happen, but I do feel good about him. That I feel like he's an easy guy to get along with also. Yeah. I feel like that he's going to be able to get along with Darnell. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for the most part, I feel like he'll be able to get along with the women. I think so. I think so too. Yeah. I feel like if I was on this tribe, I would go with this guy. You would go with, well, I, <laughs> he's a lot like me, I guess. Yes. <laughs> I feel like he's going to be able to get along well with Jennifer, especially. Mm-hmm. I feel like that that's a good fit. Yeah. So I'm feeling good about Kyle here. You think he makes the merge or not? I do. I do too. I see Kyle going far. Going far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do too. I think yeah. he's going to be around for a while. I'm telling you, I'm buying in on Kyle. Yep. I already bought. You already bought. Okay. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. But you didn't know who he was. So I don't know if that's your, if that's going to be your winner pick. I had him confused. But that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> the process. Like, oh, don't question Who is that? Don't who question. Oh, okay. <laughs> too many questions. Okay. Let's talk about Scott Pollard. Nicole, Scott is a, another basketball player. We can't do brains versus beauty versus brawn without a basketball player. Uh, he is currently living in Carmel, Indiana. Why did he say he was semi-retired, but said that then said he couldn't play basketball because he was injured? <laughs> I'm sure he plays basketball on occasion, but not in the NBA. Or, I, you know, it could be one of those things where if somebody like paid him enough money, like they needed him, like then he would come back. Like maybe mm-hmm. he's just sort of like retired because I, I don't know enough of his backstory. Yeah. I need to talk to somebody who knows. Yeah. Uh, he played in Detroit, Sacramento, Indiana, Cleveland, and Boston, he won an NBA championship. Uh, he played for 11 years. He likes to spend time with his family. Travel. He's raising the kids now. Yeah, and rides his motorcycle. His pet peeves are people who are late and not loyal. Okay. Three words to describe you are driven, fun, and loud. Yeah. All right, three things. Three things that he wants on the island. A phone so he can talk to his wife. Oh, that's nice. A photo of his family so he can remember why he's in the competition. And his NBA championship ring to remind him of what he has accomplished. Nicole, the history of the athlete on Survivor has been a bunch. Not so good. Well, it hasn't been great. And the athlete has taken many different approaches going back to Gary Hogaboom back in Survivor Guatemala, who told people that his name was Gary Hawkins to Jimmy Johnson, who came in and was recognized immediately by other people and did not have a great run to Jeff Kent, who didn't tell anybody that he was a baseball player and actually had a good run in the game. We had people like John Rocker, who tried to tell people that he was not John Rocker uh, and then was expelled (laughs) and did not do great. So Cliff Robinson also, Wu knew who he was. Cliff Robinson uh, didn't deny it, even though he tried to, you know, tell people that he was like, uh, you know, worked in like an agency or something like that. So here's Scott, who's going to come in. And he's not going to deny it. Not going to deny it, saying that nobody's going to vote for a rich person to win the game. Sort of the Jimmy Johnson thing. So what do you think about Scott and his chances? Do you think the other players will resent him? Yes. You do? Yeah, they always do. They always do. I mean, you got a bunch of people who are struggling. And then you got this guy who's very successful. Mm -hmm. They're not going to want this guy to, to win another million dollars. That's nothing to him. 
Yeah, I kind of feel like it's such an easy thing, especially for Kyle, who does seem like a really blue collar guy, a guy who yeah. could really use the money. It just seems like such an easy thing for him to say that, oh, he's he's rich. He's one, you know, he's an athlete. You know, we need the money. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. Seems like an easy case to make. Like if if Scott was on one of the tribes, like, you know, the white collar tribe or the brains tribe, like the tribes that you would traditionally think of would be in a better financial state to win the game or to start the game. Then I feel like that it wouldn't be as big of a deal, but I feel like in the brawn tribe, which is sort of like part and parcel with the blue collar tribe, it just seems like that they, the other five people might bond more over, Hey, we're, you know, struggling. We need the money. He doesn't. Let's get rid of him. Yeah. The other thing for me that's really working against him is that these big guys, you know, he's almost seven feet tall. He's 300 pounds. The conditions are so tough on these people. I mean, when you are over 300 pounds, you're a professional athlete. Do you have any idea the number of branch chain amino acids (laughs) your body needs? I don't think anybody does. It's an incredible amount. Yeah. It's an incredible amount of the uh, BC. Besides supplements, what would you need to eat? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a lot. A lot of sea urchins. Yeah. <laughs> so, so many different things. I know that, look, that this is a person who's probably pushed their body to the beyond the limits that I could ever imagine as a professional athlete. But when you go out on Survivor. But was properly fueled. But was properly fueled. You know, when you start, when you take away all those calories from somebody that big, will they be able to compete? And especially when they come from a privileged background at this point, I'm not saying that that he's like a super wealthy guy, but it seems like he is, you know, not. He's got more money than a podcaster. You would imagine. You would imagine. Not (laughs) hard to imagine. Uh, You would feel like at some point, does this person say, What do I need this aggravation for? Especially when it does not seem like going on Survivor, winning Survivor was a bucket list thing for Scott. Like for Jeff Kent, I did feel like that Jeff Kent really was a Survivor fan. He was also very adventurous. For a long time. Scott Pollard, I'm not sure how big of a factor. It seems like Scott Pollard like sort of brushed up on the seasons that professional athletes played. But I, I don't get the sense that Scott Pollard is dying to do Survivor. Yeah. I don't know. The thing about him, though, if he is up and running and is into it, he'd be a hard person to get rid of pre-merge because of how much he's probably going to help you in the challenges. But he did say he was injured. He Well, what's his injury? I, that I don't know. Okay. I mean, I can't imagine he's that injured. You could be like too injured to play in the NBA, but not necessarily too injured to play in the survivor challenges. Yeah. I think that, you know, if you're going to be out on the, the basketball court, you know, 25, 30 minutes a night, your body might not be able to hold up in the same way that it's like, okay, I have to do a relay race for 15 minutes. Yeah. He becomes the guy in the Snickers commercial. <laughs> well, how do you mean? <laughs> you're not you when you're hungry. You're not you when you're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also could be somebody who's sort of like in this tug of war uh, between which of the guys do you think that he'll be able to get along with better? Uh, we have Darnell and we have Kyle. Like, I feel like I don't think Kyle's watching that much basketball. I don't know, but I also feel like that Kyle, while he's probably not going to relate to 
somebody who's like a, uh, a very wealthy athlete. You do get the sense, though, from Scott that, you know, he's interested in tattoos. Yes, uh, he rides like, motorcycles. Rides motorcycles yeah. that I kind of feel like that he would have a lot. In, even though they're from two diff- very different worlds, like I feel like that they share a similar background. And Kyle's a lot more mature than Darnell. But Darnell, he's a tall guy. He seems like he might have played basketball in his background. Does Is he a person that relates to Scott or looks up to Scott because he's a basketball player? Is he like sort of like the new woo to Cliff Robinson? Mm-hmm. So I think that Scott could be potentially in an interesting spot with this group. Yeah. What do you think, Nicole? Is Scott making the merge? My gut tells me no. No. Yeah. I will say that he does make the merge. Okay. So just to recap for this tribe, I ended up saying, I think that I've got five of this six making the merge. Okay. I think that we're going to see a similar sort of story that we saw in the original brains versus beauty versus brawn, mm-hmm. where the brawn tribe ends up doing well in the pre-merge, considering the fact that you only have to not come in last in the challenges. I think that there is enough brawn here to that do they that. Can end up coming in first or second in most of these challenges. And just because of that, they end up winning enough immunities to stick around. And then they become big targets after the merge because they're such big physical threats. But you know what? A lot of uh, the people on the other tribes, they seem strong too. Yeah. It's a strong season. It's a strong season. All right. And again, there could be medevacs. Luckily, we got someone to know CPR. Medivacs medivacs are coming this season, so we will see. All right, before we get started talking about the Beauty Tribe, I just want to take a moment and thank all of the patrons of Rob as the Podcast. If you're a new listener to the podcast, you probably have heard me talk about the patrons quite a bit. I usually don't make too many pitches during the Survivor season about the Patreon program, which we started doing just over two years ago when I first started doing the podcast full-time. And the Patreon program is a way that people can help support Rob as a podcast with small monthly contributions and get various different incentives that hopefully increase their enjoyment of Rob has a podcast. And so I wanted to just get the word out about something new that I'm doing with the Patreon incentives where we ended up changing up one of the incentives, Nicole. Oh, yeah? Yes. You're, you're always doing something new and magical. Well, that's so nice of you to say, Nicole. <laughs> yes. So what we ended up doing was that the uh, Patreon Facebook group or the patron Facebook group that we've had for two years, you know, we really wanted to keep that community from getting too big. So I ended up moving that incentive level to the $10 patron level. But I wanted to throw in something new, make something new up for the people who are coming in at the $5 patron level. And so we have so much fun every month doing the Rob Has a Podcast patron cast, where I take phone calls live from the patrons every month for about you know two and a half, three hours. People love the patron cast. So I wanted yeah. to recreate something like that on a weekly version of that. So I'm going to be doing a shorter podcast just for the patrons every week. I'm going to answer about like five voicemail questions that are typically more about the behind the scenes of the shows. And so that is an extra bonus show that the people who are the patrons are going to be getting in the special patron podcast feed for the people that are be coming in at the $5 level on the Rob is a podcast 
Patreon. What do you think of that, Nicole? Wait, so it's only for the five dollar level. It's not only that's that that everybody gets okay. it. Okay, well, I just want to clarify for everyone. Everybody gets yes. it. Yes. All right. So that that's is a lot of podcasting. It's a lot of podcasting. It's an extra podcast. I just want to make sure that I'm doing enough for the patrons and keeping everybody happy. For their enjoyment. Yeah, if you want to find out more about the benefits, other benefits of becoming a patron and what you get at all the incentive levels, you can go to robhasawebsite.com slash patron. That's robhasawebsite.com slash patron. If you're already a patron, thank you so much. It is so rewarding to hear from all the patrons uh, who they really do appreciate this show and it makes it even more fun for me to do. All right, Nicole, why don't we keep going with the beauty tribe and I won't reference the obscene drawings you're making in your notebook as you're going along. Oh, uh, you know, got to keep yourself busy. All right. Yes. Let's talk about Michelle Fitzgerald. Nicole, you ready to talk about Michelle? No, the I got I to gotta find her in my notes. She's a Jersey girl. Now, Nicole watched the videos okay. in a completely random order. So that no, I watched that- them in the order that CBS had them. Right. Not by tribe, just whatever order. It, that that's how were. it was. Okay. So let's talk about Michelle. She is from Freehold, New Jersey, and she is a bartender. Nicole, this has to speak to you, right? Yes. Now, Michelle says that her personal claim to fame is her time at Rock of Earth, where she toured with bands, raising money for environmental issues. She loves Harry Potter. She's a big Survivor fan. She spoke a lot about Harry Potter. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Feels like there's a lot of Harry Potter fans. Potterheads on this season. <laughs> Are there? I feel like Aubrey also. Yeah. I think she's into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're going to have like a jealous match over Harry Potter. A jealous match over Harry Potter? Uh, yes. How does that work? Where, you know, who likes him more? Who likes him more? <laughs> yes. The, 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 jeal- the famous jealous match. So uh, her pet peeves include overpriced alcohol, Close talkers and self-important people. Nicole, you hate that too. I hate close talkers. I was thinking about the (laughs) self-important people. And that too. The three words to describe her are quirky, charismatic, and adventurous. Okay. If she could have three things, what would they be? A journal to remind her of her past and to keep track of her future. A Harry Potter book for her entertainment and her sister. Does that count? (laughs) I don't think so. Okay. Survivor contestant, you most like poverty. Go figure. Yeah. Why you'll survive Survivor, she says that her positivity, she won't let anything dampen her spirit and her enthusiasm is electric. She is very enthusiastic. Yeah, so you like the enthusiasm from Michelle. I didn't say I liked it. I just said that she was enthusiastic. All right, so overall, what is your picture about Michelle? Um, well, I was a little freaked out how she was dancing in front of the camera. Why? What freaked you out about her dancing? <laughs> I don't know. It was a little strange. I feel like she was trying to like mesmerize us, and like her hands were like going towards the camera, like, come with me. Yeah, I think that's a little bit a byproduct of or result of it like they were directed a little odd these videos where why were they like instagrammed it was like that typically these survivor videos that you see on cbs.com are just sort of like a person talking to camera about hey i'm rob and i'm gonna really you know podcast the hell out of these people (laughs) like you know just sort of like going through like their little interview but these were sort of intercut with like B-roll of people like, like doing standing on their head, doing sort of like, you know, like weird things like sort of like uh, I think people had called it like the like Big Brother intro packages where it's like, hey, like, hey, it's going to cut together with me juggling. And then and it was had a filter on it, too. Right. Right. So sort of like to make it different from what it looks like. So don't necessarily blame Michelle. It might just be <laughs> a weirdly directed segment. Yeah. 
So, okay, Michelle Fitzgerald, Nicole. So you didn't like her dancing. I Not that I didn't like it. It freaked me out a little bit. Yeah. She's a bartender from the East Coast, Nicole. Yes. I feel like that the bartender has not played on Survivor. And I don't mean that in terms of that they have not been on the show. But I mean that in terms of trying to think of the bartender that's done great on Survivor. I I don't think there's many. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, and mean, we've had a lot of bartenders. We've had a lot of bartenders go through these. And I feel like bartender tends to be survivor code for pre-merge. I don't know. I feel like I, I kind of have a good feeling about Michelle. You have a good feeling about her. What is the good feeling based on? Oh, well, she's a super fan. Super fan. That helps. Um, sure. She's with another super fan. Uh, another uh, girl is a super fan. Okay. So I feel like that is she has that going for her. Yes. And she likes Harry Potter. She likes Harry. So super fan plus Harry Potter equals success in your book? Equals winner. Okay. You're picking her as the winner? No. Okay. All right. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Nicole psyched everybody out. Psych. Okay. So anything, anything else about Michelle? I feel like that there was not a lot for me to really sink my teeth into with Michelle's profile. Yeah. I just think with the other Girls, maybe she has a, a has a pretty good chance. She says, I may be a Jersey girl, but don't let that fool you. Don't let that fool you. <laughs> that was a Jer- famous Jervis line, also from mm-hmm. Jersey. She has no problems roughing it. So you think that there could be maybe some like, well, what, do, what do you I think? There's there's roughing it and then there's survivor. And I think people are really mistaken on the difference. Do you see Parvati upside in Michelle? She thinks she could be like Parvati because... She was able to read people and form alliances that took the spotlight off of her. She had respectable chances, never silenced herself to get further, and dominated in challenges. If you say you like poverty, I automatically, it's, it's like a negative. It's a negative. It's a negative because you're, you're not. I think that it's interesting that the three women from the beauty tribe are all from the Northeast. Oh, is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. She's from Freehold, and then we have a New Yorker. And I believe Julia is from Boston. So I'm wondering, I feel like that the three women from the beauty tribe seems like they're going to maybe have some share, some things in common. I feel like I need the pictures of the women because I'm having a hard time picturing. Okay, let me show you a picture. So how does, does that change anything in your mind now that you've seen a picture again of Michelle? Um, She looks different. She looks different (laughs) than you remember. Yes. Okay. (laughs) This is the same woman. It's a different person. Okay. The same person that you you remembered her dancing, but you didn't remember her. I remember her dancing because I wrote it down. Okay. All right. So Michelle, is she going to be somebody who is pre-merge or merge? Um, I think she's going to make the merge. You think she's going to make the merge? Yeah. <sighs> Boy, this is tough. This is tough. I feel like I... I don't see too many people that I feel like are just going to bomb out, but I'm starting to get to the point where I'm putting more people into the merge than are going to actually make the merge. I feel like I put more people pre-merge. Yeah. Uh, I will say pre-merge, but I don't have a good feeling about it. Okay. You don't have a good feeling about your decision or about her? I don't have a good feeling about my decision. I'm just playing a numbers game right now. I only picked one person from the Braun tribe to be pre-merge, so I need to probably get to six. Okay. All right, let's go to Anna, Anna Kate or Anna Kite? <laughs> yeah, how would you pronounce it? K-H-A-I-T. Let me see. You need to see the word I'm or her vi- picture? I'm a visual person. Okay, how would you pronounce that word? I would say kite. 
Anna Kite. All right, so here she is. Here's Anna. She's a beauty. She is from Brooklyn. And Nicole, she is a poker player. She's a poker player. She's a poker player. We saw a lot of that on Big Brother this past summer with Vanessa Russo. And with Anna, she says that her claim to fame was that she participated in the World Games in Jamundi uh, for handball. Uh, And she also (laughs) started working with the mayor on a scholarship program for kids out there in Colombia. Now, the mayor of of a city in Colombia or de Blasio? I was just going to say that. (laughs) I don't know know which mayor she's working with. Mm -hmm. Her inspiration in life is Princess Diana because she had love for all the people. Mm-hmm. She has an interesting background. I think she was Russian and she moved to, or she is Russian and she moved to the United States when she was four. Yeah. Uh, her hobbies include handball, reading, singing, playing piano. Mm-hmm. Her pet peeves are arrogance, ignorance, and when someone picks on someone less fortunate. She doesn't like bullying. Well, that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. But unfortunately, so Survivor is all about bullying. <laughs> Survivor is all about bullying? <laughs> well, not that's all, what the all about it. show is about? Not all about it, but you, got, you, you do get a lot of bullying. All right, Nicole, if she could have any three things on the island, she would say a razor, because she hates hair, a deck of is cards. Is it a journal also? <laughs> <laughs> no, because she loves cards, and a toothbrush, because who loves bad breath? Yeah. She would also be like poverty. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she's also a huge fan of Survivor. Good. So let's talk about Anna. I think the th- all three girls are super fans. Yeah, all three girls. It's interesting to me that the beauty tribe has so many super fans when, well, I guess if you go back to the original Brains versus Beauty versus Brawn, uh, LJ, I think, was a big fan, maybe not a super fan. Bryce was a super fan. I think Alexis was a super fan. Morgan apparently had never seen the show before. And still uh, hasn't. Jeffra, I do not believe, was a big fan of the show. And uh, Jeremy, or a.k.a. Jeremiah, <laughs> uh, I think that's debatable, uh, you know, how big of a, yeah. of a fan he was beforehand. Certainly seems like he's, you know, caught up with it now. So he's yeah. probably like somewhere in the middle. But the women here, all three of the women all from the Northeast, all big fans of the show, supposedly. Yeah. So let's talk about Anna, the polka player. The polka player. To me, this is very interesting to have this poker player here on the Beauty Tribe. Yes. Because I would not think that people would expect her to be a poker player on the Beauty Tribe. Is she going to tell people she's a poker well, player? That's one of these things that I feel like where in Survivor Cambodia, we had so much preseason press. We had Gordon there. We had Dalton Ross there. We had Josh there. We had CBS interviews. We had people talking to all the players before they went out there. And no stone was unturned with everybody. Who's in your alliance? What are you going to do? How are you going to play the game? We knew everything. Here, I feel like we know very little about how the players are actually going to conduct themselves in the season. And for Anna, I think it's very interesting whether or not she's going to tell people she is a poker player or not because I feel like that that having that in her back pocket, the fact that she is a poker player, I think that she can really play on people's expectations who probably don't think that she's a poker player. And somebody even like Vanessa in the Big Brother house over the summer who was, you know, a borderline lunatic in terms of like how much she was strategizing all the time with everybody. You know, we compared her to Tony so much in the big brother house and she didn't even get caught 
being a poker player. Like that's so she a, didn't tell anybody. She didn't tell anybody. And the fact that she, that this Anna is not on the brains tribe, I feel like that she is going to really be able be able to maneuver and to pull the wool over a lot of people's eyes. And you know, she's not just like somebody who plays in like hobby poker games. It seems like that she's like a legit, a legitimate yeah. poker player. I like this. I, I like that she's a poker player. I, I hope she doesn't tell anybody because I think that she can go further that way. Yeah. She seems like she's easy to get along with. Seems well, like. Well, I, I feel like um, I wrote down um, for her that I felt like she was like a bit awkward. Mm. Yes. What did you think was awkward about her? I, I, guess, I guess just the way that she was talking was just a bit awkward and slightly, slightly immature. Immature? Yeah. Really? That's just what I picked up on. Well, well what was she saying? I don't remember. So she said something... She you, said something that made me write down that she was immature and awkward. Okay. Well, we'll have to see at some point. Maybe <laughs> you, we can get some you to drill down on that. One of the other things that she said that I liked, she said, you know, I'll flirt with the men. I'll flirt with the women. And again, sort of just like by contrast of instead of telling me all the people I'm not going to get along with that she's going back and saying here, you say, I, I'll, I'll do that. You know, I'll try to, you know, uh, make these people like me. I'll try to make these people like me. She's going to... Uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Anna. Yeah. So I feel like that she is somebody I've got her in the merge. You've got her in the merge. Okay. Yes. What about you, Nicole? I do think that she's going to make the merge. Okay. So Nicole has her in the merge. In the merge. All right. She's merging. Merging. Dateable. She's making the <laughs> merge. Let's keep going and let's talk about our youngest contestant of the season. Young Julia Sokolowski. Does it make you feel super old that she says that she's been watching Survivor since she was five years old? No. No. I, well, it should. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think about those things, Nicole. Yes. Well, it should. No. No. Uh, here's Julia that she is from the Beauty Tribe. She's a college student in Boston, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. She's been to Tanzania. She taught English to a class of third graders. Very nice. Uh, her inspiration in life is her brother who had a heart defect called hypoplastic left heart syndrome. I take care of babies like that. Yeah. That's that's some serious stuff. He's a fighter. She likes to ski. She likes hip hop and contemporary dancing and flirting. All all similar interests. Flirting to me. is a hobby? Yes. Yes. I guess when you're 18. Her pet peeves are really slow walkers and entitled people. I don't like slow walkers e- either. Yes, why yeah. not? Because they Slow me down. You're a fast walker. I am a very fast walker. And there are people who are walking too slow that are in front of you. Yes, and sometimes they'll step on their ankles on purpose. And you can't go around them. <laughs> sometimes you can't. <laughs> so I feel you, girl. <laughs> How often does this happen? Um, it happens more than you think it would. The people that are walking too slow. Yes. And are you on your phone when you're also walking fast? Did you know that it's illegal to walk on the streets and have your phone in your hands? I did not. I found that out the hard way. How did you find that out? You got a ticket? A cop yelled at me. A cop yelled at you. You were walking fast. I was walking very fast. With your phone I was out. speeding. And a police officer said to you, hey, do you know that's illegal? He said, "He said, hey, put your phone down. It's illegal to walk with your phone in your hand. And what did you say? I said, really? Yeah. And, and that was it? <laughs> that was it. And I just kept, I was walking so fast. Where were you? This was just like on the street or this was at the hospital? This is on the street. Just like you were just walking on the street very With a fast. stroller. With a stroller. <laughs> and the police officer yelled at you. Yes. <laughs> Three words to describe her are outgoing, driven, and versatile. Okay. 
All right. So what would she take on the island? A photo of her family because they're her rock. A camera because she likes to take pictures for Instagram. And an iPod. Does it really say Instagram? Yes. And an iPod because the girl's got to jam out. And no one has iPods anymore. <laughs> yeah. I do feel like it's weird for such a young person to call it an iPod. I'm surprised she knows what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Survivor contestant you most like. She says Natalie Tenerelli, a Nat 10 reference. I could see that. Because she was a young female player. Mm-hmm. She says she's like Jenna Maraska and Parvati because their ability to strategically combine sex appeal and intelligence. So she's going to get naked? <laughs> well, and Andrea Belke because she is a wholesome farm girl with big dreams. Kind of all over the spectrum here. Yeah. Is Julia a, a farm girl from Boston? Are there farms in Boston? I'm not sure. I'm sure there, there must be. <laughs> there must be somewhere. You know, this is interesting about Julia with the flirt card because I'm not sure who she's necessarily going to be flirting with here in this tribe at 19 years old. You uh, think the dudes are going to care that she's, for, I think she's 18 actually, they, that she's 18 years old? I don't know. They're going to love it. They're going to love it. Yeah. Okay. Especially these group of guys. Okay. So we'll we'll see. Uh Nicole, is Julia too young? Is she too young to really be effective in this game? Or do you think that people will, will overlook her? Um, I don't think she's going to get overlooked. Mm-hmm. I think that she likes to, she, she likes to talk and I don't think that's going to be a good thing for her. Yes. Um, so there, she's not going to be able to be overlooked. They asked her, why do you think you'll survive Survivor? She said that I'm a huge asset in camp. I've done Habitat for Humanity, so I know how to build a shelter. And I have killed cows in Africa. Worked on a farm. Wouldn't I go know how to start about that. <laughs> Why did she kill the cows? Is it like Cecil? <laughs> I don't know. You think she went Does on she safari? Does she know the dentist? <laughs> she went on a safari to go... Kill some cows? Kill cows in Africa. It sounds like I it. I mean, were they mean cows? Were they harassing people? Cows, they, they sit there, they mind their own business. Well, did she butcher a cow for to eat its meat? Or was it a prize? I don't know. I don't know why she killed those cows. But she does seem like she has a good head on her shoulders. I think PETA is going to get involved here. (laughs) Uh, Well, hopefully she didn't do it on camera. Yeah. So are you feeling good about her overall? I'm not. You're not? I'm not. Why? I think that she's young. And I think that's really going to show. That's going to show here. I actually feel like these three women. I know I said that maybe we were going to have Michelle be pre-merged, but I kind of feel like these three women are going to be sticking together. I feel yeah. like that the women on this tribe are going to be able to get along. I feel like the men, as we're about to discuss here in a minute, I think that's going to be a bit more of a hot mess here on the beauty tribe. So you think that we're going to have an all-girl alliance here that might work? I think they might work. I think they have a lot in common. They're all, they, I think they're they're super fans, and they're pretty. they're all pretty enthusiastic about about uh, playing, but mm-hmm. girls can't play nice. Girls can play nice. I mean, we're about to talk about these three guys in Nick and Caleb and Ty. I sense that I feel like those three guys won't be on the same page. So I almost feel like that the three women here are going to be kingmakers in that. I, I almost, would love to see that. I almost feel like they're, you know, they're all from the Northeast. They're all smart. They're all fans of the show. But do you think being from the Northeast is going to bond them? I think it could help. I mean, I think that you probably have like, uh, like people from a certain, you know, area of the country, whether, you know, all people from, 
you know, the South or like, I think that you would have some things in common there. They seem like they're all kind of like city dwellers. So you think geography plays a big role in this? I don't think it plays a big role, but I think that you basically on Survivor, you're looking at anything in common with somebody. Okay. So the fact, okay, we're all from this same part of the country. I think that's, that's something that could bond people. The fact that they're all fans of the show. Like, I really feel like that these three women could get along and I think that they might be the ones picking which of the guys end up staying. That would be that would be fantastic. <laughs> I would I would love to see that. Yes. So we will see that. So I'll say sure. Uh, OK, I'm in on Julia. I think that if um, out of all the girls, I think she would be the one to be in trouble. Yeah. I mean, I, you certainly could see a scenario where the mm-hmm. tribe, they go to tribal council, this beauty tribe, the first time they vote off the youngest person in the tribe. Yeah. That, you could certainly yeah. see that. I feel better about the chances for Anna. I mean, I think you could see maybe yes. it being between Michelle and Julia in that scenario, but mm-hmm. perhaps a more likely scenario is what I'm talking about here with these three women sticking together. I feel like it's going to be based on what Anna decides to do. Yeah. I kind of feel like she's the ringleader of those three. If she decides that she's going to go with the guys, but I think she's going to be the key player because she's a poker player. Well, let's talk about these three guys. And why don't we start with Nick Majorano? Uh huh. Here he is that he is the personal trainer. He also describes himself as the life coach in his videos. And... Wasn't Vince a life coach? (laughs) I believe that Vince Sly does do some life coaching. His personal claim to fame, he says, I'll always be a better listener than you, meaning I listen to people better than you do. I'm more interested in people than you are, and I accept people more than you do. And sometimes I pretend to do these things, but at least I pretend, whereas you just check out and are narcissistic. That, Nick, you're describing yourself. Yeah, how do you like the fact that Nick is like breaking the fourth wall like he's uh, Mr. Robot? He's talking like directly <laughs> to you, the reader. He's all over the place. He's almost like, hey, I'm on Survivor. You're at home. I'm doing this while you're watching the show. What do you think of that? I have, feel like I haven't seen people do that in their bio. I think Nick needs a life coach. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know what? And he knows that the, being a life coach is a BS job. He says that his inspiration in life is that he didn't have a hero last time he applied. He still does. And no human is a hero. He's his own hero because he loves the person that he is. Well, Nick, you really love yourself. His hobbies include writing, exercising, and managing web projects. I like to write about myself. Yes, he likes to write in his bio. <laughs> uh, his pet peeves, he says that they aren't necessarily pet peeves, but angry, loud, rude people who don't know how to hold a conversation. Mm-hmm. That's usually your cue to say, welcome to Survivor. Welcome to Survivor. Three words to describe you are obsessive, compulsive, receptive, and contrarian. I think he's a crazy person. You think so? Yeah. All right. So then they asked him about things that you'd want to have on the island. He says alcohol, because it's like truth serum, a picture of the other contestants' loved ones to negotiate with, and a vacuum. So people think I'm dumber than they thought. I don't think they'll be wrong. All right. And then uh, he also said, what contestant are you most like? He says that he's like Courtney and Jonathan Penner personality wise, but he's much more socially intelligent than they are. <laughs> That's bollocks. And you know it, Nick. All right. The call. Yeah. So talk to me. What is your overall takeaway on Nick? I think that Nick is hard to get along with. You don't like you don't think that somebody could get along with Nick. He doesn't seem like he's easy to get along with. Yes. Do you like Nick? 
I would not want, based on what I have seen, I would not want to align with this person. Would you associate with him? Probably not. Not at all? No. If he reached out to you, would you talk to him? Um, hopefully I have a pair of sunglasses on. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you saying he's ugly? No, I, I just saying? wanted to say that. <laughs> oh, really? Nicole. All right. So this is something that I, I, I'm pretty confident that you don't know that I want to, but I feel like the audience knows, but I feel like that you don't know. Oh, I hate, I hate when that yeah. happens. <laughs> now, do you know that Nick is a former RHAP blogger? Is he? Yes. I did not know that. I know. Well, sometimes I, I say, okay, well, this will be better to tell Nicole on the podcast. <laughs> so then I'm, am I supposed to take all that back? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to take it back. Oh, I feel like... I think that you would lose a lot of street cred with people if you took it back now. Well, I don't take it back. I still think that he... Um... Well, then why does it say he's a blogger? He's a liar, too, then. Well, he's, look, he was a blogger for one season okay. during the original Brains versus Beauty versus Brawn. Uh, it was not... It's not a job by any stretch of the imagination to describe yourself as that. Yeah. So it was something that he did during a season. Now I have, so I've spoken with Nick on a couple of occasions and I maintain that I believe he is doing a lot of posturing in his bio. I don't know if this is a true reflection of who he is or who he's going to be on this season. Is he really a life coach? Again, I don't know. Yeah. Just like back in the original Brains versus Beauty versus Brawn, where Spencer, the young lad, said a lot of things that he did not really back up. I feel like that to some degree, I think that's what we're getting from Nick. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like that he is going to be at least somewhat. Ca- now, he could flame out like a Garrett. Yeah, he totally could. You could totally see a scenario where here comes Nick. He thinks he knows everything. He clearly does not. And he goes out. But when we look at it through the prism of if these three women are on the same page, who are they going to work with? And you figure that, okay, maybe they will work with some combination of one, two or three of these guys. Probably not all of them Mm -hmm. because you have to vote somebody out. (laughs) Someone's got to go. I feel like Nick is going to be able to, maybe they don't trust him all the way, but I can't see the scenario where he's the first one they want to get rid of. Unless he's like what he says he's like. <laughs> but again, he's, he is telling us, he's being honest with us, and he's saying that, no, I'm going to be listening to people, that I'm going to be paying attention to people. I do it more than you do it. And so while he's being cutting to us, that I mean, I don't think he's going to be as blunt as we. I and mean, we have people who are telling us they're going to be blunt. He's not saying the opposite of that. He's saying he's going to be almost patronizing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that Nick. I don't think that ultimately this is a winning game that he's playing with this. Uh-huh. But I feel like that this is at least a fun game to watch, and he's going to be around a little bit. Okay. So that's what I say, Nicole. So I say I'll put him in the merge. Ooh, I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, Nicole. Because uh, I'm feeling a little hurt right now. You're hurt by who? <laughs> by Nick. By Nick. How I did feel like you, I'm being lied to. How did Nick lie to you? He, you, you feel like that he misled you? With he misled me. Maybe yes. he didn't. I'm just telling you what my truth is. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I'm tr- giving you life coaching from what I like. If I wanted a life coach, I'd hire Nick. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> or I, not. I could put you in touch. Yeah. All right. So you're saying, are you in or out? I'm going, I'm out. You think that the women will be out on him? I'm out on him. I'm upset. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about the great Caleb Beast Mode Cowboy Reynolds. 
Nicole, I have something else to tell you about Caleb. <laughs> that he was a he big takes brother shirtless pics. He <laughs> takes shirtless pics. He, you, now you know that he was on Big Brother. I do 16. know that. I do know that because he had to make sure everybody knew that in his video. Yes, he is a army veteran. Okay. His personal claim to fame is defending his country in war. Well, thank you. Uh, and bringing my troops home safely to their families. So uh, that's very good. His hobbies include working out, competing, hunting, and riding horses. His pet peeves are texting while driving and nose picking. I bet you he does both of those things. <laughs> I bet you he takes selfies while driving. <laughs> I don't know. We'd have to go take a look on his Instagram. Yes. Be careful what you find there. <laughs> so uh, he is uh, gregarious, spontaneous, and hilarious didn't get that so if you could have three things on the island he would bring his phone because it has his music and pictures you could take a selfie bible so he can stay in the word be in touch with god through scripture and a pen and paper so he could write his thoughts down i bet it wouldn't have much uh survivor contestant you are most like predictably goes hayden moss because i really loved him on the show and he was athletic he knows when to be a beast and how to play and he was on big brother yes yes okay so Let's talk a little bit about uh, Caleb. He talks about how he's there and he has 300,000 followers across social media. And he's just going to be, you know, cracking everybody up. Sometimes he's going to be doing judo chops. He's going to be making everybody laugh. He might hurt himself. Judo chops always get me. To win everybody over. Yeah. All right. I We have to really talk about and think about how will Beast Mode Cowboy be perceived by the other players because this isn't just Caleb Reynolds coming into this with a clean slate. He's going in with a big head, probably with a big head of coming off of big brother. Does Mm -hmm. he put himself above the other people in there that we don't really know, but I'm really more interested in how do the other players perceive him coming off of big brother. Now I don't know if Nick watched big brother. I don't know if the women watch big brother. I don't know if Ty Trang Watch Big You know Brother. what? I bet if these girls who are super fans of Survivor, they I bet at least one of them has been watching Big Brother. You would think that they one of them would have been watching yes. the Big Brother. Now, again, the storyline on Big Brother, and again, I was fact checked by Beast Mode Cowboy <laughs> by himself after the uh-huh. uh seven things you need to know. And I do have to make some apologies that I was fact checked by Caleb that I said that he gave himself the nickname beast mode cowboy and then proceeded to call himself that and that caleb correctly stated set the record straight that that is not true no pumpkin no yes (laughs) derek gave caleb the nickname beast mode cowboy and then he is and then he rode with it and he's riding with it yes he's not getting off that horse he has a bmc belt buckle (laughs) yes i I also said yes i also said that he came in fifth place and he also came in fourth place. So uh, I was, I was also no pumpkin. No, So this look, Hey, this is, I, I get things wrong all the time, Nicole. Yeah. All right. But that being said, I just don't know how this is going to go. I mean, the thing, if you watched him on the show and we're just judging him as a player, you feel like, well, he was a pretty honest guy, at least in terms of the game. Yeah. At least in terms, you know, there are maybe some stories that, that that he might tell that you might say, okay, those sound like tall tales, but at least in terms of like his word seems pretty good in the game. So I almost don't feel like he's somebody that you need to vote out 
There was, although, some issues where he was a little bit hard to deal with in the first half of Big Brother in terms of his infatuation with one of the other female players in the game. So that could be a thing. Three other beautiful women. Three women that are out there. So I don't know how he, I don't know necessarily. Like again, if he's in a bro alliance, he gets along good with the, with the bros, but are Nick and Ty Trang going to be that bro alliance that he works (laughs) well with? Yeah. He's going to need to work well with the women to make it work out here. Is Nick going to align with Caleb? I don't know. I don't know. I I really have a hard read on how this is going to work out with these three men. I almost feel like the women, I feel like will be on the same page. They will pick who they want to work with and who they don't want to work with. And I don't know. I really don't know how it's going to work out with Caleb. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to work out if he's having everybody doing a boot camp in the, on the beach. Mm-hmm. It really could go that they could, oh, I loved him from Big Brother or that, oh, he was loyal from Big Brother or he's somebody who, you know, we should keep around. I, I really I can't get a good read on how this is going to go. I mean, I don't feel like Caleb has any shot to win this game. But I feel like he's going to come into this game. You know, he's a reality TV veteran. He know he, you know, he thinks he knows everything about how to play. And that's not going to be taken very well. It's also it would be unlikely for a tribe to vote out a strong player early in the but it's been done. It's been done. It's been done. Certainly, we only have to go back to the original brains versus beauty and versus brawn to see Garrett be the second person right. voted out. I'll say Caleb does not make the jury pre-merge. I'll say it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I don't think he's making the merge again. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll way. certainly be fun. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, one of the things that we will find out is uh, just how well all the uh, Caleb judo chop humor will be received by Ty Trang. Is, is Caleb really going to do that? Well, starving. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's a big guy. I, I, we'd have to go and get, check the tape on how he did when he was on slop in the Big Brother house. Uh, he's going to be dreaming of slop. <laughs> Talk to me about Ty Trang, Nicole. Oh, I like him. You like him. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I, you have to love Ty Trang. Again, you do. I'm not sure how Ty Trang and Beast Mode Cowboy are going to get along. I don't think well. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Ty Trang is gonna, it can get along with anybody, though. Seems like it. Yes. It seems like He's it. a happy guy. How much is Caleb going to love Ty Trang? Not very much. That we don't know. So his personal claim to fame is being part of the AIDS life cycle ride for the past 13 years. It's 545 miles, seven day camping bicycle ride. That's crazy. From San Francisco to LA. Yeah. He likes to plan dinner parties. I wish I knew somebody who liked to plan dinner parties. Maybe we could be friends with him. Yes. Well, where does he live? San Francisco. Yeah. Is he a gardener? Is that what he said? Maybe when he bikes down here. (laughs) He has a place to stay. He's a gardener. I hope he likes kids. He also likes cooking for friends. I'll be a friend. Okay. So, so far, so good. And he likes keeping bees. Maybe he'll leave his bees at home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why would he like to keep bees? They're endangered. Yeah. Well, that's why I guess he feels like he's going to stock up. He's protecting them. He's going to stock up. He's fascinated by the colony's social structure He also enjoys reading and discussing fiction in his book club. Oh, he's in a book club. Yeah. And he climbs trees. He climbs trees. And did you know you can swim to Vietnam from Cambodia? I had no idea. (laughs) You can, apparently. I had no idea. Is that what Kelly Wigglesworth tried to do in the beginning of Survivor Cambodia? Possibly. 
His pet peeves are foodies, double parked cars, and lazy people. You know, I got to agree on the foodies. <laughs> you hate foodies? I think foodies are a little pretentious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. And I'm sorry, what were, what were his other pet peeves? Double parked cars and lazy people. I also do hate double parked cars. I feel like it's really douchey. How often do you run into double parked cars? Um, it depends on where you are. Like mm-hmm. if, when, if you go into like Hollywood, you see it a lot. He also has, if you have three things on the island, what would they be? Coffee. Ooh, I love coffee. He also likes Vietnamese coffee. Never had it. He likes a razor. He likes to shave his head and feel young. <laughs> and he also likes the book, A Wind-Up Bird Chronicle. It's a surreal Japanese fiction that would relax me. Maybe I should read that. Well, yeah, you have to be part of the book club. <laughs> be part of the book club. <laughs> I bet there's good snacks. I just wouldn't like the bees, I think. Well, hopefully they're out back. All right, then Survivor contestant you most like, Spencer. He's like the young lad. He likes his positive (laughs) spirit and determination to survive in given situations. And Bob Crowley, because we're older and nice, likable players with non-threatening demeanors. Yeah. So he's a gardener. He's a fisherman. He grew up poor. Nicole, how are you feeling about Ty Trang? I feel pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You feel good about Ty Trang? Yeah, I do. See, I do feel like of if I had to pick of the three guys, who is the person that I think those three, if the three women are going to stick together, if I had to bet money on who is the person they are going to like the most? Yes. I feel like it's going to be Ty. I feel like he's probably the most loyal, Mm -hmm. the most honest. Yes. And I feel like the girls can talk to him. Yeah, I think once he starts talking about who he is and all the the charitable causes that he raised money for, and he seems like a a really gentle soul. Yeah. You got then Beast Mode Cowboy doing judo chop. Making them do uh, sit-ups and push-ups on the beach. You got Nick doing life coach stuff. And not blogging. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I kind of feel like that it seems almost easy that the women are going to like having Ty around. Yeah. So then I feel like so he you feel like he's good too, right? I feel like he's he's good. He's good too. So then do you think okay, if we have these three women and Ty, do you think that it's it's Nick or it's then Caleb who is more likely to be the target of who they want to get rid of? I can see I can make a case for both of them. Mm-hmm. I think it just depends on, you know, who who Nick Decides he's going to portray. I, but uh, but the fact that Nick can portray other people. Beast Mode Cowboy is he, Beast he Mode is, Cowboy. He is who he is. He can't be somebody else. Yeah. Unless Derek gives him a different name. So then I think that we would have Nick would be the person I think that would be able to work more with that group. But Caleb is strong in challenges. Sure. I think Nick would be strong in the challenges too. But can he go Beast Mode Cowboy? I don't know if he can go Beast Mode Cowboy. <laughs> So I feel good about Ty. Is Ty going to make the merge? Yes. Okay. And he can climb really high in those trees. Did you see those videos? He was like up there. He's up there. He's up there. All right. So that's the beauty tribe, Nicole. Beautiful. Beautiful beauty tribe. All right. Well, let's talk about our final tribe here in Brains versus Beauty versus Brawn. It's the Brains tribe. Of course, the Brains tribe was probably the most fun tribe of the three tribes in the pre-merge game back in the original brains versus beauty versus brawn they brought us all of the drama with david sampson with garrett with spencer jatia tasha and cass it seems like so long ago that happened yes well big shoes to fill here 
for the Brains Tribe. And this time around, let's talk about the men first, and we'll talk about the women last. And let's talk about Peter, Dr. Peter. Don't call me Obama, he Dr. Peter. does not care for that. So he's the <laughs> ER doctor. He's from Minneapolis. Yes. That he is a person who likes to work out. He also likes to get away on an airplane uh, to travel. Mm -hmm. He likes to read. His pet peeves are bombastic people, bros, and know-it-alls. How dare you, sir? Obama, I take it back. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Obama. Yeah, he doesn't like know-it-alls. Now, some people have said that this is a cutting remark about these survivor know-it-alls. I, I, I can't imagine that that's the case, right? It probably is. I, I wouldn't think so. It totally I wouldn't is. think so. But that would be a big mistake to yeah. call out the survivor know-it-alls in your preseason interview. Yeah. It's going to be a long season if that's the case. It'll mm-hmm. be passive-aggressive towards the survivor know-it-alls. Three words to describe you are eclectic, tenacious, and shameless. Okay. Then what would you bring to the island? He wants a Kindle a ukulele, and a drone to get a layout of the land. I don't know about that. That's a drone? A That's a reach. A drone? What do you need the layout of the land? You drawing a map? What do you need to know that for? Yeah, it wants to get the layout of the land mm-hmm. on, the, on the drone. Do it on your day off. <laughs> this is interesting. They asked him, the survivor contestant you most like, he said Pete from the Philippines. He made clever comments, and he was educated, had good insight, and appropriately stirred the pot. And no one remembers him. Oh, how dare you, Nicole. Now, his name is Peter. Uh-huh. Does the only reason that Peter from Philippines stands out because he was also a Peter? <laughs> it's like, yeah, that guy, he had my name. It was great. I would hope Dr. Peter's a bit smarter than that. But I don't get the irony of that he loves Pete, a.k.a. Pete bro, but his pet peeves are bros. Yeah. Not getting it. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> All right, you keep calling him Obama. He talks about in his video that he does not like the comparison of being compared to President Obama. He says he walks into the ER. People say, hey, do you know who you look like? President Obama. He said that he had a mohawk because he was trying to evade that. So, Nicole. And then he said, uh, you could be having a heart attack and I could look like the Grim Reaper, but I'm still Obama. A little insensitive there, Dr. Peter. I don't know about the bedside manner (laughs) there. but. I do think that it probably ends up leading to some unpleasant conversations with people who are unhappy with their health insurance. Cause I feel like you sort of just become sort of like a de facto lightning rod of, you know, Obamacare. Listen, Obama, let me tell you a thing or two about the healthcare industry. Yeah. It's like, sir, please. I am not actually president Obama is like, well, you look like him. So let me, let me give you a piece of my mind. Like, really? Like, I'm just like, we, I, you'll have to talk to your insurer. Well, maybe a different haircut, a different haircut. Yeah. Okay. Maybe grow it out a little bit then. Well, maybe they told him for survivor. They want, they wanted him because he looked like Obama. Well, then you can't complain. Do you think he looks like Obama? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I could see it. I cer- oh, totally, I certainly can see it. I mean, before he even opened his mouth, I mean, come on, you were like, oh, that's Obama. I mean, that's not a bad look. It's not a bad look. You could do a lot worse than, hey, you look like Obama. I was, uh, yes, I was going to say. You should hear what people tell me. What do they tell you? Uh, yeah, you look like, well, well not Obama. <laughs> <laughs> so. I hate when people say, you know who you look like? Oh, it's never going to go. I hate that. Oh, I, I hate that. What? 
One person made me cry. I hate when people say that to you because I know that I'm going to have to hear about it for weeks on end. Say it to me? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Can you believe that person said that I look like this person? But it's always the same person they tell me that I look like and she's not attractive. I'm not saying it. (laughs) You'll have to tell me. You have to tell me off air. I mean, has... I remember somebody that you used to say people said you look like. Has this happened in in the last? No, because that's one of the reasons why I have to keep my hair blondish. <laughs> All right. Well, and my my doctor who delivered um, Anthony looks exactly like Anna Kendrick. Yes, and I cannot watch any Anna Kendrick movies <laughs> because you're scarred from that. No, I love my doctor, but it's just like, what is it about doctors that people are always saying what they look like? I didn't tell my doctor that she looked like, cause I'm like, she definitely hears this all the time. But whenever she walked into the room, I was like, Oh my God, it's Anna Kendrick. I don't <laughs> think that your doctor looks like Anna Kendrick. Oh, she totally does. No, I don't think so. It even says it on her Yelp page. <laughs> she says it on her Yelp page. <laughs> yes. Okay. So people go on Yelp and say, this doctor looks like this person. This doctor looks like this person. A lot of her reviews, she has very good reviews. And then they say, and it's um, an added bonus that she looks like Anna Kendrick. This OBGYN looks like <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer. The white gold. <laughs> 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 anyway, so Nicole, let's talk about Peter. We talked about who he looks like. What do you think about him as a player? I feel like I'm kind of neutral on him. Yeah, I don't get any great vibes from him. I mean, I feel like that people do like a doctor out there. I feel like you're on a tribe with a doctor. You're sort of pumped up on Survivor. But I feel like that the fact that the Obama thing bums him out so much is kind of like, uh, like I mean, it's not like, like he went on about it. He's really like <laughs> upset about it that people keep saying he looks like Obama. And I feel like that there's going to be a lot. I of hope ups- that someone's like, oh, my God, you look like Obama. And he goes off on them. <laughs> like, Well, you know what? <laughs> I hope somebody hates Obama and then like causes uh, friction. Uh, I could see that. I could see that, too. <laughs> as we're about to talk to our uh, 70-year-old FBI agent. Yeah, I don't know about Peter. I mean, I can't imagine that he's pre-merge, but I feel not great about his overall chances. And you know, ER doctors have a reputation for being... Salty? Cuckoo. Cuckoo? Yeah. Why? Why do you say that? It just is. Yeah. It just is. Like, they're very busy. Yes. They're very busy, and they deal with a lot of crap. Yeah, but isn't that good for Survivor? Yeah, but then they're they they're kind of cuckoo. Yeah, why you, that the job is so stressful and so intense that they end up sort of like outside of it. It's tough to unwind. It could be that, but I like sometimes in the medical field, people gravitate towards different specialties for a reason. Like they say, all the neuro doctors are are nuts. Okay, well that he's capable. He says he's smart. He's athletic. He's good with words. So I feel like that he seems like he will be somebody who will be fine for a bit, but I don't know if he's going the distance. Mm -hmm. So I say he makes the merge, Nicole. What about you? Yes, I think he's going to make the merge. All right, there you go. Let's talk about Joseph. Joe Del Campo. He is... Where is he from? He is from Florida right now, as many people in their 70s. Yes are from I'm not sure where he's from originally yeah uh, but he's hailing from Vero Beach as far as Survivor is concerned he's 72 and you would not guess that this man is 72 years he old he looks great he looks really good he looks great that I, I would trade bodies with him in a second yeah alright you didn't have no, to I'm say okay. alright so here's Joseph 
He is uh, somebody who is a former FBI agent. He was also in the Navy for a couple of years. He's a private investigator. Yes, he likes to do classic car restoration, hiking and backpacking in the mountains. Uh, he also writes articles about military veterans for a local monthly magazine in Vero Beach. Wowzer. His pet peeves are people who whine. So again, I'm not sure if him and I are on the same page. <laughs> Uh, three words to describe him are tenacious, daring, and vigilant. Okay. If you have three things with you, a comfortable chair, an iPod with earphones. Oh, I can understand why he would have an iPod. <laughs> I, for him, it's like, good for Joseph yeah, that he would he has, have an iPod. Mm-hmm, he knows how to use it. I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people in their 70s who wouldn't have an iPod. My so. dad still doesn't know how to use his iPod. Yeah. Yeah. And then he also wants The Art of War by Sun Tzu. Wowzer. He says the contestant he's most like is Tom Westman. He's got kind of like a Tom I, Westman look. He's he also has that vibe. Yes, so that Tom Westman vibe of somebody that you feel like you could trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had one of the shortest bios of anybody, so that's sort of like, I like that. You, you know, you, you feel like you sort of get something from him. He's sort of like not a uh, big talker. Mm-hmm. So. Why do you think you'll be the sole survivor? He says he's trained all his adult life for the ultimate challenge. This is it. So, Nicole, let's talk about Joseph Del Campo. And I think that it's going to be an interesting experiment here with our 72-year-old Joe. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, this tribe is not necessarily a tribe with a lot of kids on it. Right. You know, the other people that are in it, uh, we have Aubrey. I think she's like uh, 28 or 29 and then we have Elizabeth and we have Debbie. So there's not, it's not like the, maybe the a tribe like the beauty tribe, which has more young people in it. But I think it's going to be interesting to see as we get Joseph around more of the younger people in the game, that there's been a shift in Survivor over its 15 year history in terms of dealing with the older generation. Because in the beginning of Survivor, the people that were in their 20s were the people that are now in their 30s that are the Generation X crowd, Mm -hmm. Nicole, whereas the 20-year-olds of today are the millennials. And it'll be interesting to see how, as we move into, you know, this newer generation playing Survivor, how they deal with the old people. Whereas in the beginning of Survivor, it used to be much more so that it was like young people are lazy and the old people are hard workers. It'll be interesting to see as we get into, you know, what the current day 20-year-olds, how they play the game and deal with the older people. Aren't they lazier than us? I don't know if that's the case. I feel like it's almost the opposite. I feel like the Generation Xers were probably typically more of a lazier generation. But I feel like the millennials They're more are, entitled. Well, you could say that, there are, that that is a stereotype entitled, but also... I feel like they're eager beavers motivated, right. And sort of like ready to go off and get their own thing started. So that'll be interesting to watch. Just sort of like from a big picture. Yeah. For Joseph, Rudy 2.0. Do you think that the world is ready for a new Rudy? I think if it was any other tribe, I would say no. But for this tribe, I think that it's that it's okay. For this tribe, yes. Why? What is it about this specific tribe? I think that he'll mesh well with this tribe. I think the girls will like him. I think maybe Peter would like him. No, I'm not so sure about you know, it's so hard to tell because we have so little to go on. It'll be interesting to see if is Joseph going to come in and sort of say like, hey, 
you know, all you young kids, mm-hmm. listen, I know what I'm doing. I'm I 72. Was in the FBI. I was in the FBI. I was in the Navy. We're doing it my way or the highway. But it didn't seem like that from his video. No, it did not. It didn't. It did not. Where Rudy used to say, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> uh, I only know one way how to do the things. And I don't even know what MTV means. And all those <laughs> kids are in the water. And I'm just going to do my own thing. Like Rudy did not adapt to the other people that were they had to adapt to him or just not associate with him. Right. I don't get for, that from Joseph. For Joseph, again, and as an FBI person, that he is going to have to go undercover a bit here. He is going to have to be a person who get, goes to their level more so than everybody else changing to accommodate him. And, and he he's can, a young 72. Spry. Yes. Spry. Spry yeah. guy. Now, Nicole, are you concerned about Joseph? From a health perspective. No. All right. Well, well, we, thinking about all those medevacs. In the context of that, this is the most brutal season of Survivor to date. And we could have many, many medevacs throughout the season. Do you think that as a medical professional, do you feel like that maybe his age is a person that has you thinking about a potential medevac? I feel like he can handle it. You think he can handle it? I think it? he'll be fine. I don't think that I I think that most people would think it would be him that's going to drop, but I don't think it's going to be. Okay. All right. Well, how are you feeling overall on Joseph Nicole? Is he going to make the merge? Uh, I do think he's going to make the merge. <sighs> I will say I think not. Oh, you I think, think not. That? Sorry, Joseph. Oh, you're just jealous of his bod. Yeah, well, I, that too. I, I'm a, a bit of a hater when it comes to he has a much better body than me. Okay, but you have a pod bod. Pod bod, that's right. I think that for Joseph, I, I am concerned with the with the conditions. I think yeah. it'll be fine. You think it'll be fine? Yeah, I think it's all of these other meatheads that are gonna that are gonna drop and get dehydrated and have low glucose. I think he has two things working against him. You know, it's sort of like the actual elements and then also the perception of, well, we gotta vote somebody off. Like, why don't we just vote off the old guy? Like that's a thing. It is the thing. That's a thing. So I feel like just based on the little bit of information that we have, I feel like that he could either be somebody who gets hurt or the tribe could just say, okay, he's an easy boot to get rid of. Or he becomes the leader. He could become the leader, but I feel like that that would not necessarily be a great spot for him. Mm-hmm. I think that sort of like trying to tell everybody what to do, I think is sort of against where he should be going. It, should, it could be, but I think that he'll... Could be. Yeah. All, All right. right. Nicole, let's talk about Neil Gottlieb. From California. <laughs> he is from California. He is from Sausalito. Yeah. Is that up north? I believe so. Yeah. Sounds lovely. Sausalito. Uh, Neil. <laughs> Neil's in the ice cream biz. I used to be in the ice cream biz. Yes. Tell us about your history in the ice cream business. Oh, way back in the day, I used to be head cake maker at Baskin Robbins. Head cake head maker. Head cake maker. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And one time I did get caught eating the ice cream. Okay. So, Nicole, was there an assistant uh, cake maker? I did have an assistant. You had an assistant. Mm-hmm. Cake. How did you rise to the level of head cake maker? I was that good. How long did it take you to reach the level of head cake maker? Probably about six months. Six months. Mm-hmm. Wow. Look at you. Yeah. I, I've never seen you make a cake since then. I, or, I mean, you seldom, I've, I've... you seldom have made a cake. In, in the, what, what, 12 years that we've been together now, I feel like that I could count on one hand the number of cakes you've made. 
What about those delicious pumpkin cakes I made for Dominic's class? Okay, I, guess I decorated so. those. I feel like that's more of a cookie than a cake. No, it was a cake. Okay, it was a cake. <laughs> All right, Neil Gottlieb. He is the ice cream entrepreneur. He founded his own ice cream business called Three Twins Ice Cream with his life savings of seventy thousand dollars in two thousand. That's not bad. Not bad. It's a good life savings. I feel like. <laughs> you know what I have written next? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I I have um. Caught eating ice cream, blah, 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 blah. Cool story, bro. <laughs> you felt like that. By the way, we talked about Joe had the shortest bio. Neil, I believe, has the longest yeah, bio. I'm not surprised. He's the longest bio. So, and uh, then I have Z, 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 boring. Oh, you felt like Neil was boring you. I, I have that written down, yes. His hobbies include uh, traveling, mm-hmm. indoor rock climbing, and one-upsmanship. One upsmanship. He likes yes. to one up people. Yes. I hate that. I know you do. I hate that. I know you do. <laughs> you do. You do hate that. Indoor rock climbing. Is that a, a little posery in terms of a hobby? You can go to Dick Sporting Goods <laughs> and do indoor rock climbing. Yeah. I feel like I would be safe. Like uh, indoor rock climbing. I think that would be my speed. Like I would try indoor rock climbing. Yeah. You and like the five-year-olds that go up the wall too. And Neil. And Neil. <laughs> and Neil. So three words to describe you. He is incorrigible. Uh-huh. He is witty and kind. And boring. Uh, Nicole, how dare you? <laughs> uh, pet peeves are that he is not one to complain and therefore oh, does good. not have many pet peeves, but he does have little patience for whiny people and hypocritical Bible thumpers. So if there's ever a merge with the beauty tribe. We're going to have a problem. Right. If you could have three things on the island, what would they be and why? He'd like a comfortable bed with high thread count sheets. <laughs> I do love high thread count sheets too. A down comforter, lush pillows, and also uh, fake immunity idols and fake printed clues on convincing paper to fool his fellow contestants that they have found an idol. And he wants a spy kit. So he did he really need to um, add to Neil's a little long winded. We like, need, need that. <laughs> I think you're being unfair with the ZZZ. <laughs> I think he's long winded, but I think that you just have, I have a short attention span. You have a short attention span. I think that speaks more to you than Neil necessarily. Cool story, bro. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Survivor contestant. You most like, he says, I can relate to Eric Reichenbach as my brother in ice cream. Okay. I can relate to Boston Rob because he not only won, but he seemed to have more fun than anyone else in doing so. I can relate to Tyson for his priceless witty commentary. And the hair. I relate to poverty because (laughs) I think they'll also charm my fellow competitors while I'm busy destroying them. And then he says, I kind of hate myself for saying this, but I can relate to Russell Hance for his lack of fear and filter. Well, you should hate yourself for that. I think that the Neil equation is as simple as this. Eric Reichenbach plus Stephen Fishback equals Neil. Um, what do you think? It's the, the back baby. <laughs> yes. Yes. Baby got back for Neil. Cause I feel like that he has sort of like the nature boy thing of Eric. Uh-huh. And then also sort of like that, you know, that he's a, a bit of a talker like Steven. Uh-huh. I think you put them together. I think that is the, that is the Neil. What is the uh, three twins flavor of <laughs> Fishing back in Barry, or what, I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, that's, I, good, that's good. But I feel like that seems like Neil to me. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. Okay. That, that's a good morph. He says he's going to be the court jester. He's going to be a calming force when they go into battle. He is a big fan. Let's talk about Neil. Weren't we just talking about him? Okay, let's talk about how Neil is going to do specifically. <laughs> okay. All right. 
<laughs> Nicole, what is your takeaway on Neil? I know you thought he was long-winded. Does that mean that you think that he will not do well in the game? I think he might have some uh, some challenges. Just to put it into perspective, the player with the longest bio back in Survivor Worlds Apart, the last season which had bios, I believe it was Joe Anglum that had the longest bio that season. Uh, that surprises me. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Joe Joe was wordy too in his bio. I feel like he's a man of little words. Well, he well, maybe he's a writer. Maybe. Or what? maybe he had somebody write it for him. <laughs> he had a ghost writer on his <laughs> yes. bio? Yes. Okay. All right, Nicole. Tell me more about Neil. Neil... I feel like he kind of has that awkward thing going. That's the Steven part. That's the Steven, yeah. Is he going to have GI issues? I don't know. That's the ice cream. <laughs> yes, that's the that's ice cream. That's the ice cream top working. <laughs> um, What's Neil's necklace? I don't know. He's got kind of like a, like a big necklace on. Maybe it looks like he's already found the hidden the, immunity idol. Is that the fake immunity idol that <laughs> he wants? fake to- immunity idol. Yeah, that's like, I'm going to wear a very garish necklace <laughs> out on Survivor so I could tell people it's the hidden immunity idol. See, I feel like Neil is a really nice guy. Yes. But he's awkward. Awkward. Okay, but do you feel like that that is a deal breaker for you? I feel like I might have some difficulty if I was out there with him. Mm-hmm. But I think that he's in a good tribe to deal with that. Yeah. I think the thing for me that hurts Neil is that he's on the brains tribe and then he sort of looks like, oh, he's very smart, like sort of like in the same sort of way that you would say like, oh, we have to watch out for him. I think it's such a bad thing to be stuck on the brains tribe, because if you give off the like, oh, he's an entrepreneur, like, it's like why is he on the brains tribe? He must be somebody who's up to something. I feel like he, people are not going to trust him as much as they might if he was on, say, the beauty trot. Yeah, and he's like a different kind of smart than the rest of them. Right. I feel like he is somebody that when you say, oh, he's a brain, I feel like that you're extra intimidated by him because he looks the part of somebody who's really brainy. Mm -hmm. So I think that people are going to have a hard time really working with Neil. I could see that. I think he has a, a lot to overcome. I'm not saying that it's impossible, but I feel like that people are going to be wary of him. Yeah. And I don't know if he's going to necessarily be putting people at ease. I don't really see him getting along with Joseph or Peter. Yeah. And I think the girls are, that's a whole nother story. So I will say that I think that Neil is also a right. pre-merger. I'm down with that. You're down with that? Mm-hmm. All right. I would also like to say something that maybe some of our listeners might consider spoiler-ish, but it is based on my takeaways that I've had from social media. So please, if you are extra sensitive or wary of this, you could skip ahead about 60 seconds in the podcast. Okay? All right, Nicole. Also, I've noticed that Neil Gottlieb seems to hang out quite a bit with the Dirty 30 and I can't imagine that that's a move you make when you have done especially well, well on Survivor, <laughs> where you uh, really become an honorary member of the Dirty 30. I have, <laughs> I have my own thoughts about the, the, the Dirty 30. I don't feel like that's the move. We're like, hey, I just won season 32. Dirty 30, are you guys around? I want to <laughs> I, can I Can I be a member, I please? I want to join. Yeah. What do I have to do? Yeah. You guys like ice cream? <laughs> so I don't know. That's just one of those like old school things of like uh, when we used to talk more about like what people are like on social media. But we've been wrong before. You know, Tony, Cass, all the people in the original Brains versus Beauty versus Braun, 
all threw us off. But maybe the, maybe the Dirty 30 just is, they want the ice cream. Maybe that's very possible. <laughs> they, look, and, and they are always, open enrollment is always a thing with the Dirty 30. Yeah, they're very accepting. They're very accepting. Especially if you got, if you got ice cream. They're looking for new members. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So, and we're back. <laughs> we're back. 60 seconds of Whoa, fast. that was crazy. That was crazy. Crazy talk. That was crazy. All right. Let's talk about the women in the Brains Tribe. Let's talk about Aubrey Aubrey uh, O'Day, not Aubrey O'Day, (laughs) Aubrey Bracco, Uh uh, no relation to Lorraine, Uh that uh, she claims that she is the love child of Sophie and Cochran. And we were shipping that way back when, Nicole, remember? I can see that. Okay, so here is Aubrey, that she is 29. And I thought she was like a a very, I thought she was like 22 until I uh, read her bio. But here she is, that she is a social media marketer. That's she's, all I have written for her. She says her name is Leader of the Elves. Again, she's another uh, Potterhead. She says that her grandmother, Madeline, was her hero because she dealt with a crazy Brooklyn Italian family and was a hard worker. She was also Woman of the Year at the Daily News. Uh, she also is somebody who likes crayon art, running and meeting locals in new places, and astrology. She was talking a lot about astrology in her video. Crayon art. Is that like kindergarten she likes crayons they smell good also she says that she would bring a 64 pack of crayons to the island uh, to hold art therapy sessions with everybody and crayons smell good i would disagree on that i don't think crayons smell good um especially i um hate crayons right now i hate crayons too yes well i had to change a crayon filled diaper the other day yeah what he ate a crayon he ate well, I don't even know why we have so many crayons. It's the stupid babysitters giving yeah. the crayons. Okay. Well, who who brought the crayons in the house? How did that happen? Um, your mother. Aubrey did Aubrey <laughs> did Aubrey decide that we should have crayons all over this house? I believe one set is from your mom. One set is from my mom. <laughs> I would have thrown them right in the garbage. Okay. Yeah. We do not. We can have like one crayon. That's I, it. I hate crayons. Sorry, Aubrey. Sorry. Three words to describe her are beguiling, intuitive, and relentless. The word beguiling in Survivor uh, makes me think of Survivor One World. I don't even know what that means. When they were talking about Bill Posley, I believe that Tarzan at Tribal Council uh, talked about uh, Bill Posley has a beguiling personality. <laughs> so when I think of beguiling, uh, Aubrey and Bill Posley are the people that I like to think about. So uh, she's watched since she's been 15. She is an expert listener. She says she's a collector of people. Nicole, are you feeling... How do you collect people? Is she a kidnapper? Well, no, she likes to meet lots of different people. She wants to be like Greg Buis and have a coconut phone because uh, that was so that was amazing. She also uh, embraced her quirkiness and uh, she works with outlandish personalities. Nicole, are you in or out on Aubrey? I was out at crayons. You were out at... Really? The crayon thing was such a turnoff? <laughs> no. Okay, so talk to me about more about Aubrey. I know we are already talking about her. Talk to me about what you like or don't like. I think that w- that was a, a lot to swallow in that bio. Yeah. That was a lot of information. Nicole, do you think that Aubrey is somebody who's going to do well in the game or not? I have her as a, a pre-merger. Pre-merger, why? Uh, very quirky. Too quirky? A little, maybe a little too quirky for this tribe. Well, in a world where Neil has been voted out, I feel like if they're sort of like an anti-quirk uh, rhetoric that has been set up in this tribe, then she could be somebody who's targeted. But 
I mean, I kind of like the fact that she's 29. Like, I feel like she's right in that survivor sweet spot. Kind of feel like 28 to like 33. I feel like that that's really, you know, a really nice time to be playing survivor. So I, I feel okay about Aubrey. I, I feel like she's going to be an overthinker. Too, too much of a strategist. Yes. I don't know. I don't get this, that sense that she's too much into the strategy of everything. I mean, she's talking. She likes to talk. She likes to talk. Uh, she likes to get to know people. I almost feel like that maybe people might say she's too weird, but not in this group. I disagree. I don't think that this group is all that weird for for brains. Okay. So you and I will probably have to agree to disagree on yeah. Aubrey because I think she makes the merge. Okay. And you think she's out early. I think she's out. I think she's pre-merge. Okay. She's the love child of Sophie and Cochran. That's two winners it's two, yeah. with the hair shambo, she says. <laughs> Did she really? Yes. Yeah. That's nothing to brag about. All right. Let's talk about Elizabeth Markham. Now, she is somebody that is from the Brains Tribe who is a quantitative strategist. She writes computer programs that forecast stock prices and trade them automatically. Uh, she's from New York. She is building a blackjack counting team. Uh, now, she is not a poker player. She is a blackjack player. And she card counts, counter. I mean, is that good to admit? I think that maybe it's something that in the casinos, they could be on the lookout for her. Yeah, I mean, her face is probably all over Vegas right now. Because she's on Survivor? Because <laughs> she counts cards. Oh, okay. Uh, her pet peeves are racism, sexism, and homophobia. Okay. People who refuse to learn from evidence and won't listen to logical arguments. Welcome to Survivor. She also says uh, she's into uh, gambling, everything outdoorsy, and strategic board games and traveling far off the beaten path. Well, you're there, sister. Yeah. Who are you most like? What do you think? I don't know. Parvati. Because she's great at concealing her intelligence uh, behind her flirty, charming side. I love Parvati, but she was no quantitative strategist <laughs> how dare you nicole yeah it was a quantum entanglement for her <laughs> for a reason for being on survivor she loves strategic games uh she likes the wilderness so liz i mean i feel like that she's got a lot going on here she likes the outdoors she likes strategy games she likes she game of thrones cards house of cards game of thrones house of cards so what do you think about liz um, I have mixed feelings about Liz. Yes. I think that Liz is very smart. Yes. I think she's might she might be a little too smart and too smart. I think on paper she looks really amazing. Like yeah. she has a really great resume. Yes. But I think that she might and she even said it herself that she might have a hard time relaxing. I definitely can see that as well because I feel like with some of the other people, that her we wheels are about, always turning, right? Like I think that other people that have these types of skill sets, as again, some of the people that we talked about on the beauty tribe, I think that they can hide that again, much like with Neil. I think that it's such a damning thing for her that she's on the brains tribe because I think that once that when she's on the brains tribe, and she's a very attractive woman. And then when you see that, like sort of like when she sort of like flips that switch. Now, I don't know how many of these things can she hide about herself that she's a quantitative strategist and she loves all of these strategy things and she plays cards. I think it's all going to come out. I think that how much of that can she hide? Like how much of it can she sort of make up to explain to people why she's on the brain's tribe? 
I wonder if people will be able to trust her. But I agree that on paper, she seems to be the total package. Yeah. I feel like that she is somebody who could go very far in this game. I think if she gets to the merge, she's she's really good. She's a high variance player for me. <laughs> but I don't I don't think she's gonna get that get get to that. So point. you think that she's out before the merge? I think see, I feel like if she can get to the merge, she'll do really well, but I don't feel like she's going to. Okay. I feel like that people are gonna be on to her. I think that she will make it to the merge. Yeah. I, I do. I just worry that for her, I think that people may not really trust her too much. So, Nicole, so you think that she's out before the I think merge. she's going to be the, like the neurotic of the tribe. Yeah. Do you think that then Aubrey is going to be out before the merge? And Neil, you said also, so you really feel like the Brains tribe is doomed to that same fate as the original Brains tribe. I do. You think that it's uh, some sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy that Brains Tribe is going to get hammered and maybe uh, only have one or two people make the merge. Yeah. All right. Well, Nicole, let's talk about one other person in this season. And I know that you're bummed out because we could go all night talking about it. It's too bad there aren't 18 more contestants to talk about. Oh, I hope we can just go to bed talking about uh, Survivor. (laughs) Let's talk about Such pillow talk. Debbie Wanner. Debbie Wanner. Debbie Debbie. <laughs> we'll see if she's a Debbie Downer this season. I don't think so. Okay. She is the chemist. Uh, she has an amazing bathing suit, Nicole. What did you think of uh, Debbie's bathing suit? It says it right here. Scary bathing suit. Grr. Scary bathing suit. Grr. <laughs> now, if you haven't seen it, that Debbie has a pretty epic airbrushed uh, one-piece bathing suit. I think that's suit. one reason why she would get voted out. Yeah. The thing that sort of bummed me out about the bathing suit was that on the front of it is this big face of the tiger, and on the back of it is another face of a tiger. Shouldn't it be the tail of the tiger on the back of the bathing suit? Maybe you should be a bathing suit designer. Maybe I should. <laughs> Nobody's ever talked to me about that before. Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel like that. Like it should be like... You do have very strong opinions about women's clothing. Yes. Yeah, I feel like... Okay, so you have like the big tiger mouth on her belly. Then there shouldn't be another tiger mouth on her butt. There should be a tiger butt it should be a tiger tail mm-hmm. on her butt yeah or and it doesn't have to actually hang down it could just be like a drawing of the tiger tail i think she should actually have a tail yeah <laughs> yeah that would be a, a sweet bathing suit so here's debbie she's a chemist her personal claim to fame is being the first person in her family to graduate college uh she's very fit i think that maybe she might have even been a better fit on the brawn tribe she she had guns some of the calisthenics that she's able to do in her video uh that her pet peeves are the idolization of garish repugnant supercilious people like the kardashians oh i love her pets as fashion accessories and apathy don't just talk about doing it do it and help make the world a better place okay uh she likes to juggle she also likes to rescue Boston terriers and tortoises. So if she sees like a poodle, she's going to, sorry, I yeah, can't rescue you. Leave it you. alone. Now, is that Boston tortoises also, or is it Boston terriers and also tortoises? I don't really know much about tortoises. <laughs> uh, three words to describe you are relentless, erudite, and Spartan. Whatever survivor player that she is most like, she says that that person is coach, period. Okay. She is most like coach. Mm-hmm. Not, a, that, not that? a great thing. If you could have three things on the island, what would they be? Chanel number five, as I know how bad we'll all smell. 
dental floss because I love clean teeth and it has multiple uses and a big stuffed Boston Terrier. Oh, she loves Boston Terriers. She from Boston? She is from Reading, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Why do you think you'll be the sole survivor? She says, like Hannibal Lecter, I have good manners and in pleasant company. However, that doesn't mean I won't scramble your brains. One million dollars means freedom, which is priceless to me. I'll give up, let go, surrender when I'm dead. <laughs> That's a good penner quote. He's a, yes. I'll give up, let go, surrender when I'm dead. All right. Nicole. Yes. You have said that you think Aubrey will not make it here on the Brains Tribe mm-hmm. because she's too weird. She's uh, quirky. Too quirky. I, I didn't say weird. What do you make of Debbie? I feel like Debbie will make the merge. Debbie will make the merge. Yes. Why? What is it about Debbie that you feel like, okay, she is not that quirky to be voted out, but somebody like Aubrey is too quirky. I don't think she's that quirky. Okay. Do you don't think Debbie is that quirky? No, I feel I feel like um, from her video that she's pretty smart and down to earth. So you're not getting any sort of quirk from Debbie. I think that she's she's a nerd, but I don't think she's that quirky. Okay. So what about the tiger bathing suit? Does that not speak quirky to you? I just think she um, is not very fashionable. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Or maybe she's a trendsetter. She's a trendsetter. This yeah. is going to be huge. I think I'm going to go out and buy the same bathing suit. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yes. All right. So for Debbie, I mean, is it a good thing to be like the female coach? Well, it's not a good thing to be like the male coach. <laughs> so for Debbie, I mean, who do you see her aligning with in this group? I feel like this is a, a feel- tough group to uh-huh. sort of really figure out how they all fit together. And while I like all of these people individually in this Brains Tribe, I am having a hard time imagining how this group comes together. So I feel like she would align with Joseph. Yes. I could see that happening. Yes. Well, they do have a shared sort of background with the military. Yes. She's a bomb neutralizer. Yes. That's crazy. (laughs) She also, I feel like as a chemist, she is, you know... uh, that I feel like that she would be able to get along well with the doctor, Peter. So I feel like that there is some common ground there as well. Mm -hmm. Unless she says he looks like Obama. I hope she doesn't say that. I feel like she's not really an Obama liker. Why do you say that? I don't know. I just get that vibe. Okay. All right. So for Debbie, more of a Republican. You think so? Okay. So do you feel like that this is going to be a case of the older people versus the younger people in this tribe? Is that where you're, where you're sort of, your configuration of Debbie and Joe and potentially Peter working together is possibly. Yeah. So you feel like I could see that happening. All right. So you feel like that maybe it's like they Joe, it's like, Hey, you know, us, uh, you know, the older group needs to stick together and maybe that you have, but you don't have any real kids on this tribe. I mean, no. Aubrey is 29. Liz is 27. But they're all mature. They're not, they're not kids. Mm hmm. Neil is Neil's 38. So uh, he seems like he's probably, he probably would be younger than he actually is. Yeah, I, w- I would not guess he's 38. Okay. So I don't know. And hanging out with a dirty 30. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know necessarily how this is going to, this is going to go. I mean, I feel like with Debbie, I think it's, it's probably a pre-merge boot for her mm-hmm. just in, it, and really at this point it's like I'd, I'd love to see her go far but i need to get 
you know, make my numbers work. And I'm really behind schedule in terms of how many people I said are going to make the merge. Numbers, numbers. Yeah, but I feel like, I think in Survivor, we've seen at times a quirky older woman is somebody that people don't necessarily get and have targeted early in the game because they don't fit in as well. And I feel like that um, she's somebody that I could see that as a potential outcome for her. And because I've put so many people through to the merge already, I'll say that she is a pre-merge, but I am rooting for her to go far. Okay. Because I I think she'll be fun podcasting. I think she screams (laughs) podcast gold. Yes. So we'll see. Yeah. And I'm going to say she makes the merge. She makes the merge. Yeah. Okay, Nicole. So now we've talked about all 18 of our Survivor castaways for this season. And we are getting into the moment of truth. I'm feeling a lot of pressure. Yes. Well, it is certainly understandable. Now, Nicole, you have a lot riding on this. For me, I do not have much riding on this. I have not picked a winner correctly since Survivor Philippines. For for Survivor, I've picked a number of Big Brother winners correctly. Uh-huh. Uh, but for Survivor, no, I have not picked a winner correctly. You picked correctly. Uh, Big Brother winners correctly? Yes. Who? Yes. Yes. Who? Uh, Andy Heron. Okay. And? And have you ever heard of a show called Big Brother Canada? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I picked John Party. So that's two? Yes. Yeah, I picked Ian. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, nobody, again, we're, we're <laughs> off the beaten path here. So for these winner picks, Nicole, uh-huh. of course, uh, let me give my pick because I feel like it's almost uh, less anticipated at this point than yours. Oh, I'm, I'm getting like palpitations right now. All right. I'm going to say that this is somebody who I feel like is people are going to be sleeping on. Okay. I really did. I really did want to pick a guy because I feel like I have not picked many men over the years, mm-hmm. but I just felt the strongest out of anybody here about a woman. And I'm going to go with after I so badly missed in my projections on the poker player in Big Brother. Uh-huh. I'm going to go with the poker player here on Survivor. Give me Anna Kate Kite. Oh, Okay. That's my official winner pick. I feel like that people are going to be just overlooking her. Oh, she's one of the beauties. Like, you don't have to, like, she's not smart. And Uh she's very smart. And it's almost like I feel like that Liz has the opposite thing going on for her. Like, she's smart, but Liz like, oh, she's on the brains. You have to watch out for her. Whereas I feel like some of these beauties that it's almost like that you can just, uh, like, you're going to disregard them. And I think that she has some built-in allies in the other women in that tribe who are going to be people who could be numbers for her. I think she's just set up really well here. So give me Anna. You got Anna. All right. So here we go. Uh, So much hype, so much pressure now here on Nicole. Uh, The great Shut Up Tim put something together for you, Nicole. As the person who, uh, (laughs) who could be... The uh, knowingest know-it-all of them all. Nicole's the best know-it-all. Because picking the season's winner, she'll make that call. Because Nicole's the best know-it-all. The evolutionist strategy, she probably wrote them all. Because Nicole's (laughs) the best know-it-all. And she's totally right. Pineapple pizza tastes like garbage. (laughs) Yuck. (laughs) There you go. All right. Oh boy, oh boy. Can I give you my my three? 
And then I'll break it down. You can. This is your show, Nicole. This is your. Okay. I have three that. See, this is where I come. This is this is where my brain starts to. Yeah. You've already lost it. You've already lost it because you said yourself when I go right to it. That's when I want to explain where my brain is going. Okay. Okay. Again, talk us through your process. (laughs) You've earned it. You've earned it. You've picked two winners correctly in a row. Okay. So initially, like Kyle stuck out to me Kyle okay but like I feel I get a good feeling from him but I don't know and then Ty Trang was another one mm-hmm. but it was more like after our conversation but the person that just stuck out to me from the beginning I everyone's gonna be like what okay Debbie Debbie <laughs> Nicole's the best. Know it all. <laughs> because picking the season's winner, she'll make that call because Nicole's the best. Know it all. <laughs> the evolutionist strategy, she probably wrote them all. all right, at, that, at that point, that's, that's a bridge too far, Tim. I think that's wonderful. All right. So, Debbie, really? Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. I'm blindsided. <laughs> but you know what? I could be totally just reading too much into it because it's a lot of pressure. Well, what is it about Debbie that that's really making it stand out for you? Is the bathing suit? It helps. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel like she's smart. Mm-hmm. She, ha- I mean, she was in the Air Force. She's a chemist. She's she's a smart chick. Yeah. I think the bomb neutralizer really got me. Bomb neutralizer? <laughs> yes. the, the thing to me about Debbie is the social game. Is the social game going to be there she for didn't her? See, wait, she didn't seem that wacky to me. But does she seem like somebody who, when we take a look at our Survivor winners, where somebody like Jeremy is going to be able to uh, put you at ease, Mike's a bit of a different story because he won so many yeah. immunities, and Tony is a bit of a unicorn in terms of what he was able to do. But I feel like this, that the the people that can get to the end and make you want to vote for them are the people that I feel like can connect with I feel a like wide she variety has... of people. Do you feel like that she's going to be able to connect with people all over the game? I feel like she's like the the only one that has like that motherly sort of thing going for her. Okay. So, yeah, typically these older women in that final tribal council more often than not get chewed up mm-hmm. and spit out. Yeah. You know what? If she could handle a bomb, she could handle the final tribal That's council. The ultimate bomb neutralizer. Yeah. Get yeah. into that final tribal council and, and disarming that bomb. Do I feel like I felt like with Jeremy? No. Okay. I don't. Or even with Mike. Yes. I don't think this is right, though. <laughs> Are you backtracking? I'm not going to backtrack. That's who I That's who I thought. I'm sticking with it. Okay. But I don't think it's right. You're going to stick to your guns. Yeah. Stick to your guns. Stick to my bombs. With Debbie. So mm-hmm. that'll be interesting. Uh, just for poop and, and giggles, do, do you have any picks for the Medivacs this season? you have any? Uh, <laughs> it's probably Debbie. Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see we'll see with that anybody else uh jump out to you i think um maybe scott <laughs> you don't think ty trang could fall out of a tree ty trang he's he's, he's gonna win he's, he's gonna golden win. he's gonna win so are you changing your pick i'm not gonna change it because that that that's who i thought in the beginning mm-hmm. uh my second would definitely be ty trang though all right everybody there you have it nicole's predictions in our survivor co wrong what could go wrong season preview nicole <laughs> what is the hashtag for this podcast nicole tradamus nicole tradamus <laughs> okay yeah 
Okay, so there you go. How do you- <laughs> I am not right on this one. <laughs> no. Well, we'll see. You got a one in 18 shot. Yeah. And one in 18 shots to do yeah. it. So we'll see if Nicole Tradamus is, is back. Do <laughs> so I ready. get points if I if she gets medevac because I called that one? <laughs> well, you can't call that she's a medevac and also the winner. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen, yes. She'll either get medevac, win, or be one of the 18 people voted out. Or lose. Or lose, okay. Yeah. All right. So, Nicole, of course, uh, we got so much more to do here in this preseason. We're just getting warmed up still. Corinne is coming in. We've got Angie Kant coming Corinne is on. not going to like my pick. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, she will not. <laughs> but she also laughed at me when I said Kim. Okay. Well, I think maybe when, once Corinne laughs at your pick, then, then, uh, I win. <laughs> then, then, you, then you feel good. All right. So, uh, so much more to do here in uh, this preseason. And uh, we are just getting started. Of course, uh, we have a lot more coming up, even just this week on the podcast. Also, I've got an interview with the young lad, Spencer Bledsoe. We're finally going to get to talk some Cambodia in a long form interview coming up this week. So a lot of stuff going on here on the podcast. Make sure you subscribe robswebsitecom slash iTunes or search for the podcast in your favorite podcatcher. And then also, uh, again, I want to uh, give out a couple of links for the know-it-alls tickets. Uh, those are going to go quick. You can go to robiswebsite.com slash KIA live five. That's the number five. And if they are sold out, you can always get on the waiting list. Sometimes people buy tickets and then they can't go. And then we had a bunch of people that were on the waiting list last time. We got them tickets. So make sure you sign up for the waiting list. And if you want to find out more about becoming a patron of Rob has a podcast, we're only going to do about like 30,000 hours of survivor podcasts during this season. A lot of survivor coverage coming up. We should have in addition to the know-it-alls, the exit interview, the recap podcast, the voicemail show, the why so-and-so lost with David Bloomberg. We're also going to be adding the Josh Wiggler wiggle room weekly interview show to the podcast lineup plus everything we're going to be doing with the amazing race and any other podcasts that come up. That's a lot of podcasts just on RHAP, Nicole, right? Yep. All right. Go to robiswebsite.com slash patron to find out more about that. Nicole, is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, unless you want to talk about diapers, I got nothing. No. Okay. You can follow Nicole on Twitter. She is at Nicole loves shoes. That's Nicole L U V S shoes. I am at Rob Cisternino. I am dying to hear what you guys think in yes. the comments. Yes. Let us know. Nicole Tradamus. <laughs> All right. And, maybe uh, that should be my Twitter name. <laughs> maybe that should be. If you win this season, if you get it, if Debbie wins, that should be, you should change it immediately. If Debbie wins, I should get like half her money. Yes, you should. <laughs> you should. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you get a half that of sucks, that. Sucks for you, Debbie. <laughs> 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 it's like, well, I know you went out there and won for 39 days, but Nicole did pick I it. I predicted it. You did pick it. I, so. be- I better at least get the bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you should get. Yeah. All right, everybody. Or at least the link of where you bought it. Or, or she, she should it. buy it for me. She should buy it for you. Yeah. That's perfect. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for all of your time listening to uh, this nonsense, which is probably going to be mostly wrong. Looking forward to picking it up again on the next podcast. Have a good one, everybody. Take care. Bye, guys. Bye.
Nicole's the best. Know it all, because picking the season's winner, she'll make that call because Nicole's the best. Know it all, the evolutionist strategy, she probably wrote them all because Nicole's the best. Know it all, and she's totally right, pineapple pizza tastes like garbage.